We are geek-centric, and you can be too. Hello, geeks, and welcome to the Geek-Centric Podcast. My name is Nate, and in today's episode, we find out when James Cameron is going to drop that 13th Avatar film. We learn that we are Snyder cut from the same cloth, and that we're going to lose a lot of respect from you, our loyal listeners. But first, if you're joining us for the first time, this is a weekly show covering the world of film, television, gaming, toys, and collectibles, and all things Geek-Centric. Joining me on the show, we have the Jellicle Jor L of the Justin League, Jayla. Release the Snyder Cut. <laughs> and from the future that is the past, fill in his pockets with all sorts of unobtainium, we have hashtag release the Kevin Cut Hudson. Don't make me watch that movie, but much longer again, please. No. <laughs> <laughs> How are you guys doing this fine, fine evening? Doing Good. Well. How are you? Yeah. Sweating, Doing good. sweating certain parts of my body off, but uh, oh, I, guess, no. <laughs> I guess versus the cold and rain and snow that we've been getting through most of this May, that's kind of a nice change. Yeah, it's it actually sort of feels like summer when I stick my head out the window for four seconds and then go back inside. <laughs> Canadians are never happy with the weather. You know what? We're we're pretty uh, we're a pretty nice bunch otherwise, but when it comes to the weather, we're pretty picky. I mean, when you give us winter for pretty much the entire year, I mean, I think we can. <laughs> We can be a little bit upset. Um, but guys, listen, we've got a ton to get through, and I don't want Kevin to sweat all of his sweat out. So we're going to go ahead. Puddle of Kev. <laughs> Puddle of Kev. Um, what you been watching? Kevin, why don't we start with you, buddy? Primarily, uh, I've been watching The Good Place. Oh, yeah. Uh, so I've really, really, really gotten into that. I'm not sure if you guys have, have watched it. I've watched the first season a bit. Okay, so so you've seen yeah. one of the uh, signature twists then, um, Nate, in terms of uh, the plot and well, how it kind I, of shifts the narrative. and Yeah, they seem to do that. Like, I know that I've seen, I guess I've heard of the plot twist from the second season to the third. So, like, I know that, like, Ooh, each I'm not season, there yet. Uh, yeah. I, well, I won't say anything, but, like, I know that each season does end with, like, a huge sort of show-altering uh, plot twist. Yeah, so it's, I, it's, it's, just, it's just kind of been fun to watch this show that's, you know, not just your typical typical sitcom or feel good you know yeah. 20 20 minute show it's got this deep weaving plot that constantly reinvents itself and mm -hmm. it's almost like a mythology to to the show and how things work so you know for a sitcom if you will it's kind of neat and uh huge props to ted danson for this career revitalization or reinvention oh, yeah. if you will because him in this show and then i loved to have been i think it was called bored to death with um zach galifianakis and uh mm -hmm. jason schwartzman he's just so great in these shows you know and he was always just that guy from cheers for me so <laughs> right. i i feel like i'm finally getting to enjoy him whereas you know he might have been somebody my parents enjoyed before that so it's kind of neat to see i think um, basically like, even though the character he plays there i think he's kind of like the he's the the heart he's very charming of in that show i believe i i think he might be one of the most charming men in the world right just yeah. if, if, <laughs> if his character on the show is any indication yeah um yeah, awesome. so and like, oh man, when I go gray, I want to go gray like that. I want to be yeah. like legit 
white-haired silver fox all the way. What a good luck. <laughs> there you go. Uh, finished up season two of um, The Dark Side of the Ring, uh, the wrestling mm-hmm. show from um, Vice. Uh, it ended on uh, an episode about Owen Hart. And so for anybody who knows about Owen Hart and, and that tragedy, it really is quite a, mm-hmm. a sad story. And uh, as somebody who prides himself on having followed the industry for years and, and knowing everything, uh, I actually learned quite a bit from that episode mm-hmm. alone about the incident. And was it was almost a revelation in a lot of ways. So Yeah. Uh, it was funny, uh, too. A- it's funny that they would end with him because based on your like earlier uh, talkings of, of, of the show, it seemed like it focused kind of more on mental health Owen Hart's was more of a like a freak accident see I always thought it was just a tragic accident but the more you you know look into the issue it was more so an avoidable tragedy that maybe somebody should have uh paid the the price for in in terms of guilt and 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 whatnot so interesting it was it was very interesting yeah it's 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 really good and again sarah's sarah's not a wrestling fan but she's Mm -hmm. found a lot of these stories very intriguing and and interesting so other than that yeah i'd I'd say that's pretty much oh i also did i'm not sure if you guys caught it recently released was a short animation that basically illustrated what colin trevorrow's episode episode nine script oh, would yeah. have looked like yes. had it come yeah, yeah. to the screen yeah um so i found that uh quite interesting i mean the little animation is is so well done mm-hmm. like it's gorgeous looking it's funny um yeah. i'm kind of happy we got the story we got instead of that one i'm not sure that it was much better there were things in it that I think would have made fanboys happy. And then there was a ton of stuff in it that I think fanboys would have just been so upset by. Um, and so, you know, seeing that and then they did like, I think in that same video, Kevin, if we watch the same one, it shows like sort of concept art afterwards. Yes. Um, of the of what was going to be episode nine with like that creature that trains uh, Kylo Ren or whatever. Yeah. Um, it's one of those things where I just no matter what they would have done, people would have just been upset. So that little monster thing that is apparently the the thing that trained you know Darth Sidious or the Emperor. What a weird that, sort of creature it that was. That would not... not have gone over well. That would have been like the brain sucking creature from right. Uh, Rogue One, right? right. Which mm-hmm. didn't but I, go over well, you know, if anything from that movie. So I did think it was cool though that Kylo was haunted by Luke's ghost. I thought that yeah, was that's a, cool a fun concept. story, right? Yeah, I thought that was really cool. Like these ghosts have usually come back in a way to kind of you know inspire and, and you know motivate. It's very much how Luke was perceived in. In episode nine, coming to raise rescue in a time of need, in the sense of like spiritually and mentally, uh, to give her that extra push to to what she has to do. Whereas it would have been interesting to see Luke haunting Kylo, and you know, seeing Kylo have to fight Vader, which would have been a cool callback to like uh, Empire. So like, there's some elements that were really cool in it. I did think that um, the. They, they did it was interesting to notice what they did take though from Trevorrow's mm-hmm. script right like with force healing um, was very much a thing that was yep. in, in the script there um, more along the lines of Kylo like sucking it out of other people but but the idea that but he then would he be does he does that. use that idea to basically do what he does in the other film right yes. so yeah, yeah. they it, just it's introduced just, that idea in a different way right yes yeah. and so yeah. I, mean, I, I like I like how we got it I'm mm-hmm. cool with uh, total badass Ray in the Luke Jedi inspired outfit with that double edged saber. I mean, yep. that was cool looking. I, I you know, yeah. Yeah. and even the opening does sound like it would have been a lot of fun with them infiltrating the the you know the. Um... But she boards as a Tuscan radar. I was like, why is it with Tuscan radar? Yeah, well, this? that's fa- there's fan service for you, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, I, I, uh, yeah but then stealing was... a star destroyer would have been a fun moment. I'm sure. 
Yes. There was supposed to be like a Bosk cameo at some point. Yeah. Yes. And it's yeah. like, again, it's one of those things where it's like, wow, does that really fit into what we're doing right now? Yeah, it would have been interesting uh, for sure. Justin, whatcha? Oh, gosh. Uh, I have been finishing up The Office. I'm at uh, mm. season seven, episode 26, which is pretty strange. Michael has already left. So the show's over for you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I did. I definitely did cry when he left. It, it was the most vulnerable you saw Michael, and it's the most I felt for his character, other than obviously other situations. Like a, a great callback episode, though, I thought that was great, Kev, uh, is uh, when Toby has to to spend uh, like six hours with him like counseling him after like oh uh, there is a really lovely moment there where like and he talks games. about his dad and yep. yeah and he talks about yep. his dad stepdad. taking to a baseball game yeah and, yeah stepdad taking you know, and yeah, the manager so cool. and mm-hmm. yeah and that's yeah. why he wanted to be a manager yeah yeah, yeah it was it was yeah. actually really cool the, and then the, oh you sob <laughs> yeah, yeah. oh you got me you yeah. sob so, yeah. so leading up to that obviously to that moment to have like had small revelations of his character while also seeing him be try to be the funny guy the guy that's always you know engaging with the camera and for the camera yeah it was really it was actually quite emotional to see him talk to jim and i actually cried Um, oh jim and just you know you you know you're the best boss i ever had so lovely i love when jim was just like no you're not you're 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 not going to be here tomorrow you're leaving today oh he he caught him he figured it out yeah yeah yeah, i figured it out and even just uh, when he takes the the mic off for the last time oh it's so good to get this off my chest chest that's what (laughs) she says yeah you know but he he only melds it to the camera and those are his last words and i did want to ask you though kev I, i i haven't seen the british version yet but in one of the episodes ricky gervais gets off the elevator is that to be the character that, that is plays? david brent okay. yeah he's playing <laughs> he's apparently awesome. playing the same guy yeah oh I that's think. awesome will ferrell has now entered and he just injured himself and he was uh, taken oh, to the, with the slam dunk it's <laughs> <is> so funny <laughs> man and he comes back in the gown and the case like he's just like he's not making sense of anything like that so oh he he, he is a very injured human being that yeah. needs instant medical attention so, right so what i did after though is because i didn't know how many seasons there were I, th- I thought there were nine but i was like nine has to be short but i can't believe they actually no go it's full t- two full seasons yeah. after Michael leaves. And it's just like, I don't know. I think that's where you, this should have ended. Like I'm that... very, I mean, it, it probably should have, but it was doing well for NBC and they wanted right. it to keep going. And I do have a lot of highlights from the season you're about to enter. Okay. Uh, so I'm very curious to know what you think of the the replacement boss and, and the new dynamic he brings. Yeah, to the... I know I know it's going to be... Um... James Spader. Oh, yeah, uh, I'm, I... I'm, I'm curious to see how you find his yeah. take on the, the, yeah. the, the role because it is yeah. very different from Michael. Yeah. I uh, took a week off of gaming. I haven't done any gaming this week. No Just Uncharted? Been no Uncharted. I finished Uncharted 2, though. I did finish it. I did beat go. that last guy, that, that guy I had to hard, chase eh? around. And, yeah, you're, and you're blowing up the blue stuff on the trees and yeah. stuff. Yeah. I had, to, I had to die a few times just so I could figure out the map. Right. And then once I figured that out, I, you know, it only took me like another three more tries, but like so anxious. It was, it was good. Um, Just wait till you get to four. Oh yeah. my gosh. Well, I already did four. See, that's the thing. I already did four. I oh. haven't done. Oh, you I went back. Okay. Yeah. I'm so I'm going back essentially. So I probably cool. will do four after just for the sake of like storytelling yeah. pieces. Um, the only other thing that I was uh, watching this week is uh, the gallery. <laughs> Um, oh yeah, but uh, the behind the scenes of Mandalorian. Uh, mm-hmm. This week, man, was was an awesome episode. I actually watched it twice. 
um, yeah. just because I, I really wanted to understand. Uh, this one was all about technology, Kev. Um, and this is where we get the revelation of, of what this thing is that they designed, which they've dubbed as the volume. It's uh, a big room full of screens, essentially. Okay. Um, and some cool revelations. Um, there's just some really cool technology that came out of Lion King that bridged the gap between green screen and what's possible and using VR and gaming engines to bring it all to life. Uh, it's pretty spectacular to see what they were able to achieve without having to ever leave that room. Like they l- never left that room essentially. Which there were outdoor, which, which there are also the outdoor shots. So they had outdoor sets, which they would build and use traditional blue screen, but they would have like outdoor lighting, like actual daylighting uh, series almost all of it was shot in this room and it's it's a so massive crazy. room and um, it's pretty incredible to see all of the ideas that came from what Favreau had learned from previous experiences with uh, obviously Jungle Book first and then Lion King being a full VR experience using the sort of uh, technology and, and, and the teams that he had worked with bringing them over uh, it was it was fantastic. So it was really yeah, good. Man. Yeah, dude. I I take like I know I know a lot of my uh, arguments about the show might still stand, but I gotta say visuals. I might take that back because what they achieved with this stuff is just unbelievable to the point where like honestly, I had no idea. I did. I thought we were looking at actual sets. Like I had no idea that that was what it was. As much as you can use screens as just background elements that you can adjust and post, what's great is all the set building that still goes into it. So like, you know, a desert scene with rocks and stuff like that. All those rocks are actually there. They build that. But the background is entirely a screen, right? So there's Mm -hmm. still the presence of a set that people can interact with, like a, you know, big, large ship part of the ship is there right but not all of it right so you know there's still tactical things I mean, it's not this just sounds like very like next gen phantom menacey though in a lot yes. of ways right well that's yeah. and that's yeah. and that in the in the episode they address george lucas's uh, prequel endeavors if you will and they look at it as more of a, a, a direction of what he wanted to do graphically right like what he was trying to do for films in that perspective rather than obviously what they meant to the trilogy so the technology aspect that was invested in that project uh, was very crucial to what they where They're they doing, find yeah. them now exactly cool yeah so Cool. It was really cool, man. I honestly like for anyone who's listening and, and you haven't checked out, you should check it out. Um, it's so insightful to see. And I, I think it's just also a huge testament to what went into this show, like for them to put a whole eight episode behind the scenes series where you get an experience from actors and graph, you know, the people that were behind the technology and the graphics producers, just everyone uh, and, and directors coming together just to share their insights of what it was like. It's really cool. It makes makes me want to work there so much more which is just like so so like out of reach but at the same time it's yeah, like start building that resume buddy <laughs> yeah man absolutely and then make sure you make good references for kevin and i yes please let me tag along he's my coffee getter you got it boss dude i'll delete all your emails for you, you <laughs> hey what have you been up to oh boy strap in boys get your pillows ready <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to get you guys so relaxed. Um <laughs> no, but speaking of relaxing, um I checked out Zenimation on Disney Plus. Have you guys seen this? 
Yeah, I actually watched uh, the first two. I watched uh, the water one and yeah. the cityscape one. Um, pretty interesting. Well, I, I, dude, I don't know. Like, it's so basically, it's a series of shorts that combine um, sound effects and visuals across multiple Disney films, and they all fall within a certain theme. Um, and the, yeah, as you mentioned, the first episode is water. The second one is cityscapes. Super relaxing. It's cool to see Disney taking on. Um, the concept of like meditation and, and mindfulness, it's something that I don't think they've really explored before. And it also makes you really appreciate not only the artists, but the Foley artists um, that gather sure. these sounds. Oh, yeah. Which is sure. really, really cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. How long, how long are the episodes? Four minutes. Like four or five minutes. Oh, okay. I could watch that then. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's really I, I just thought it was like really long, and but I was like, he... I wonder how long it would take me to just jump on my phone. I also watched uh, another uh, short this time uh, on Disney Plus by Pixar to celebrate the month of June, Pride Month, which was called it's called Out. The animation is is beautiful, and it it looks the main character actually looks like Obi Wan Kenobi. I saw a lot of <laughs> comments online of like, is this Obi Wan? But dude, like I I cried. I think. Uh, obviously, um, I think Pixar does a fantastic job of like weaving multiple themes and messages in their films and um, their short films. Like even even if you can't directly connect with like the major aspects of the films or the or the moral that they're trying to put across, there's something in each and every single Pixar movie that you can you can get out of it. And for me, like without at least, it was like the unbreakable love of family. So it's it's absolutely gorgeous. You gotta check it out. Um and the the art and the the style of animation is different for Pixar. So I really mm-hmm. liked it. Well Pixar shorts are to allow for like more broader like storytelling they're giving the opportunity to animating like animated filmmakers to to tell these stories and i think that's really a testament is that with this short series that they've activated on disney plus it's to encourage people to hear let's give you the resources and the platform to tell the stories that you want to tell because we believe in your stories like that to me because they're not like the animation and stuff like that is isn't necessarily being handled by pixar it's 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 in collaboration with them yeah you guys gotta check it out it's 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 like and all their shorts on there. They've got they've got a bunch of them. They do these spark shorts as well. And there's just a lot of great animation outside of the traditional Disney animation um, on on Disney Plus. You gotta mm-hmm. watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then moving into movie uh, that I, a movie that I watched um, a movie Harley Quinn and the Fantabulous Emancipation of one Harley Quinn. Wait, uh, is that the title? I can't remember. Uh, <laughs> Let's just call it the Harley Quinn and and. What is it? What, what, the Birds of Prey? Just, was it called the Birds of Prey? Of prey? Yeah. Yeah. Harley. It should have been called Harley or something. Not that <laughs> did, stupid Did you guys crap. watch it? That movie sucked. Oh, no. Yeah, Kevin, I think I remember you mentioned you didn't it was, enjoy it. It was Deadpool for girls. I loved it, dude. Oh. I thought it was so good. I thought Margot Robbie was excellent in it. Um, she's just as much Harley Quinn as you called it as Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool. Or I think Hugh Jackman is Wolverine. I think she fits that role perfectly. That movie um, was perfect for 13-year-old girls. And they should have taken out her breaking <laughs> kneecaps so that it could have gotten a PG-13 rating and more girls would have gone to the theater and it would have made money. Well, and instead, they tried to put violence in it for, you know, to make it seem far more extreme than it actually was. And I don't know. It, it didn't I think work on could've... so many levels. Well, see, I think I think you kind of hit something there, Kevin. I think it could have been 
more crazy. It could have been more Harley. I think it, it sort of it, it teetered on that line of like, okay, how much grittiness can we get away with while still being real? And I think it should have gone insane. Like, I think it yeah. should have gone really, earn, really Earn your crazy R rating. And, yeah. yeah. If you're going to get the R rating, do it. I think it could have been like, in a way, I think it could have been more animated. Not actually animated, but like animated in the sense of like, they could have done fun stuff with, with physics and with sound effects and things to kind of give it that that harley quinn feel a little bit more i mean at the Um, same time she's just a person with a baseball bat yeah like she's not that interesting in terms of being a superhero and for this girl power team-up movie they get together with what like 15 minutes left in the movie they finally team up and do something like i don't know which is why which is a lot of her eating sandwiches and stuff (laughs) <laughs> which I loved. Um, but I think, I honestly think that it was it was more Harley Quinn than it was Birds of Prey. I don't think that it should have ever been renamed. I get why they did. Uh, Ewan McGregor was fantastic as Black Mask. He I was loved great. Him. He was he great. Was so good. Um, but yeah, um, that, that was, I, I don't know. I really enjoyed it. Four out of five. But what I'm actually wanting to talk about here, and this is the thing, um, the Harley Quinn animated series uh, that DC put out in 2019 I'm telling you guys, have you even have you tried watching it at all? I don't watch animated superhero stuff. Oh, but dude, no, it's not. It's not animated superhero. It's it's a it's a it's a satirical look at animated superhero stuff. Um, and so it's like, you know, basically, imagine if you combine Batman the animated series with like Venture Bros and a little bit of Rick and Morty, and you get this dark satirical look at Gotham that makes fun of the villains. It makes fun of Bane. Um, you know, it it. It's it gives Harley more character than just that one note Harley Quinn that that I'm I know of. I mean, I haven't really read her comic book series, um, so this is kind of my first introduction to her. But dude, it is it's so fantastic. Based on that description, that sounds a thousand times more interesting than Harley <laughs> Quinn walking around Gotham in daylight. Like the yeah. whole thing is during the day. That movie eating yeah. breakfast sandwiches. Like what you <laughs> described sounds like kind of a cool idea. It's yeah. really cool. Yeah. I've heard I've heard that um, the Harley Quinn animated show is actually very good only because of its level of parodying, like, like to your point, the villains, right? Like yeah. referencing like things that Bane has said in, in movies and other things and like <laughs> yeah. bringing it in. There's, you know? <laughs> there's literally a moment where Bane's, it's not even a thing he says. He's just holding a mug and it says, caffeine will be my reckoning. <laughs> It's so <laughs> See, good. That's so good. Um and it, and you know there's 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 swearing, there's yeah. crazy violence, there's there's um they're they're going really dark with it and it's also really comedic and funny and I think that this is what DC should be leaning on. I, instead of trying to just cookie cutter copy what Marvel is doing. No, no, no. Do your own thing because the 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 gift that you have of DC is that you can kill people. You can you can do dark things. You can have these crazy complex storylines and, and consequences that we don't get from Marvel. And you guys have to watch this series, Justin. I know out of anyone though, you will love this series. Well, it's I, awesome. I, I I will probably check it out. I do watch the animated DC stuff, and to your point, and I think this will come up, so I won't really talk about it too much. But Warner's strength is the dc animated not the dc live action their animated is actually far better than their live action would ever be and it's because they just do anything you know because there's so many iterations they'll just pull from the comic books and recreate in an animated world so um yeah i'll definitely check it out based on that recommendation alone so that's good gotta check it you you, you even sold me on it so well done awesome First season's on iTunes. Check it out. 
Cool. Well, that is my watcha. Thank you for bearing with me. I know it was a lot, but I'm, I was just so excited to talk about all those things and all the Harley Quinn stuff. That it was very concise. Even that, even that fantastic movie. Thank you. It was um, incredibly concise. <laughs> we, we, we elongated it based on conversation because it was actually an interesting topic. So. I think, I think we went longer than that. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyways, um, now that we've watched it and we're all watch it out, let's get into the news. It's all about the details. Actually, Nate, before we get into the news, Mm -hmm. we actually got an email from Mitch George, our buddy over at uh, Press YYZ Podcast. Um, He said, hey, guys, me again. I had a couple of music picks that I wanted to add to your conversation from last episode. I recently watched The Joker again. My God, that score is unsettling. I do not like the movie. I don't Mm -hmm. think we're supposed to like the movie in a traditional sense. (laughs) But the score has a way of adding a layer of uneasiness that I've never experienced from a film score before. Being a game guy like Nate, I'd be remiss if I didn't bring up the music in my in my game of the year which was Final Fantasy 7 remake I never oh, played wow. the original and the music in the remake blew me away shout out to yep. the music in the entire Pokemon series as well take care guys <laughs> Mitch yeah sure good shout yeah yeah Mitch no, thanks for, sure. for sending that in um I you know it's funny because I'm pretty sure the score that won this year for the Oscar was the Joker uh, yeah. That was one of the Oscars that it took home. Uh, Good old, uh, Hil- not that she's old, but <laughs> sorry, Hilder. Uh, I'm not even going to try to pronounce her last name. Guana, Gu- she's actually, I think she's fairly young. I think she's fairly young. I think she's like. In- yeah, she's only 37. Yeah. So like yeah. She's, she's. So that's in- old, old for Nate, but not for the rest <laughs> of us. And as Nate, as Nate nears 30. Uh- <laughs> right. But she's also done, like she's done the music for Sicario. Yep. Um, Arrival, which I actually am thinking back to that now, is honestly fantastic. The Revenant. That is very true. That that whole score was very unsettling and did add to the whole layer of, of just like uneasiness with the whole movie. So thanks, man. And just, yeah, just to shout out Final Fantasy, like just guys look up the music for Final Have you guys heard any of the music from Final Fantasy? No, I've heard though that it is one. It's like it's it's something that is to be a part of the experience the music the the whole story everything right so dude it's epic it's yeah. epic. is it like sweeping it symphonic stuff it's it's yes that and then there's also like electric guitar at random points where right. you're just like let's go like it, <laughs> it gets you so hyped um if you ever just want to hear like some fantastic music just search like just look up the advent children movie um, and give that a watch, even if you don't understand what's going on, because I didn't. Um, it's still a fantastic watch, and the music just makes it beautiful. Cool. cool. Thanks, Mitch. Yes, thanks, Mitch. And if you have a question or you have a comment and you want to share it with us, you can reach us at wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. That's wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. All right, well, let's go ahead and jump into this news then. Um, <laughs> Avatar 2 has a release date. Uh, this from Dirk Libby over at Cinema Blend, who writes, It's almost fitting that one of the film productions that had to shut down during this pandemic was the Avatar sequels. Uh, those movies have been some of the most nebulous productions in all of Hollywood for the last decade. James Cameron kept telling us he was working on them, but for years they continued to be years away. Uh, there were some questions as to whether or not we'd even see them or how many there would be when we did. Release dates kept getting pushed back and back and back. Um, and so production has finally finally begun um, now that they've allowed in New Zealand, um, they've kind of pulled back the the COVID restrictions for film uh, production. Oh, th- their film um, industry is going to boom. I think you so. Know? Yeah. Like, 
And so we're going to be uh, seeing here right now, um, as long as it's not delayed again, Avatar 2 is scheduled to hit theaters in December of 2021. Um, guys, how excited are you for Avatar? And do you think that extremely long production times for films have the same negative effects they can have on video games? I don't think that anybody's been sitting at home going, you know, for the last, what, 10 plus years, like, <laughs> I need Avatar 2. When it comes out, it'll be like, oh, okay. And if it's good, it'll do well. If it's not, I don't think it will have the same kind of sweeping success that the first one had. I mean, well, I'm, I mean, I'm excited for it, not because I'm a huge fan of Avatar as a movie, but it's still the best 3D I've ever seen in a movie all these years later. So what is he going to do to reinvent cinema this time? Yeah, yeah. I think he. I think that's the thing, though, Kevin. I think you nailed it. He needs to do something more than just an epic uh, copy of... Uh, of you know a Pocahontas movie. He needs right. to he needs to give us more than that because with that movie it was a it was a good movie. It was a some some would say great movie, but it it really all fell on have you seen the three D in this no, but movie? That's, but it and was that's about what the technology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially I, I, in IMAX. Holy cow, that was that, that movie, was a heck of an experience. Was, that movie was awful. That was probably the worst example of a James Cameron movie I've ever seen in terms of actually storytelling, like actual storytelling. Mm -hmm. It was just horrible. And the technology though is the only thing. Thing that saved it it was so immersive it 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 pushed the boundaries of 3d it was it was so captivating in that process but i don't know i i couldn't i couldn't let go of the fact that like the story itself was pure hot trash and it's just it and i don't <laughs> I mean, it know was, it wasn't I bad it was just the same old trope right like white man <laughs> yeah. goes to a new place and and destroys the environment and and I mean, how how many times in cinema have we seen where you have to like attach your tail to a horse's tail penis <laughs> to fly it? I mean, it's, I, I'm I just know. so tired of that in films. I get it. I get. Right. I get that this no, is it's, kind it's, of it's, it's crappy storytelling. I would. I could not but agree it, more. Just. Well, we were, we already brought up the fact about George Lucas, right? In in when we were talking about Mandalorian and, and with the prequels, the prequels served more of a purpose as a technological sort of achievement for George and, and experimentation. And if you're going to reflect on them now, sure, Abs yeah. absolutely. If you're going to take anything away from those movies, it is some of the achievements that they were able to do with, with the technology. But right? but in that vein, I don't think that people took what James Cameron did and built upon it. You know, 3D's like oh, it's it's five useless dollars more than just seeing a, a movie at the already expensive price right like no, for sure they haven't <laughs> taken what he did in that and added to their movies over the last 10 plus years well but i i do think though that because of what he's done or what he did it became way more of a readily available option and something that studios considered when offering their films up like films that were either to your point, shot very specifically like how Avatar shot for 3D were rendered in 3D, but there was a lot of movies that were just shot with 2D cameras and post-rendered in 3D just for the sake of trying to get the mm. extra bucks because the the audience was there now. I think the purpose of Avatar was for technology. I'm interested to see what new technology he'll bring. I just hope there's better storytelling that's crafted yeah. with it because that's what you want to see is, it, it, it again, the Mandalorian technology serving the purpose of the storytelling and enhancing it beyond imaginable reasons, not just showcasing technology and not having good art to back it up. I, I don't know. It just, I hope, I hope there's a good story there. So, well, if he, if he, if he screws up flight of passage somehow, he's, he's dead to me. <laughs> Cause I think that's the best thing that came out of avatar for sure. Oh yeah. Um, for sure. But guys, we've got a lot of time to, 
to think about and dream about the technology. Uh, December 2021, we'll see that. Uh, maybe. Um, <laughs> moving on to probably, I would say, the least interesting, least big news, I would say, of the week. Um, Justice League Snyder Cut confirmed for HBO Max. Wow. Uh, this from Jonathan Dornbush of IGN in a follow-up from The Hollywood Reporter, who writes... After months, even years of campaigning by fans, stars and Zack Snyder himself confirmed the Snyder Cut of Justice League will be officially released on HBO Max. Uh, Zack Snyder confirmed the cut's release for HBO Max in 2021, following a live stream watch-along of Man of Steel with Henry Cavill himself. Uh, He joined in at the end to kind of discuss what was going to be happening, and they kind of just popped it right there. Um, Warner Bros. confirmed the cut's release following the frequent campaigning of fans over the years uh, to the hashtag release the Snyder Cut. He says in a quote, I want to thank HBO Max and Warner Brothers for this brave gesture of supporting artists and allowing their true visions to be realized. Also, a special thank you to all those involved in the Snyder Cut movement for making this a reality. It's still unclear if the Snyder Cut is going to be released episodic, Uh, in chapters or as a full director's cut like four hour experience um (laughs) kevin's like freaking out here guys what do you think would you prefer uh over time uh multiple episodes i know hbo would probably prefer that for getting people to come back to their service um but guys what do you think about this uh snyder cut being released I hate that I have to watch this movie again. I know. <laughs> Dude, and now it's going to be four hours. Ugh. Well, it is kind of insane. Like, I, The thing is that's going around online is that some people see this as a victory for artists and their original vision. And then other people are viewing it as a win for like vitriolic fan base where you know people berate people on Twitter. They threaten people online to get what they want. Um, and so you've got, you've got one group of people that are you know the nice fans. They're actually – they would love this. This would be fantastic. But they're not harming anyone or, or making anyone's experience lesser. Apparently there were, there were people – like anytime WB would put out anything that even if it didn't have to do with, with – the Snyder Cutter with Justice League, people would just constantly spam it. There were films that were being review bombed with with negative reviews, all to grab the attention with the headlines, you know, hashtag release the Snyder Cut written. Oh, it's been, it's been a very aggressive, right? uh, and as you said, Nate, like uh, sometimes almost hostile yeah. movement on the part of the some of the fans who, I mean, I can't see this movie being that different and that much better. <laughs> and it's not because yeah. of the movie itself, it's because of the whole universe that they've created is, it, yeah, is uninteresting yeah. and not very well executed. So what could they have possibly changed well, to make this movie so much worse see... the version we saw i mean i'm gonna watch this four hour sure. train wreck don't get me wrong <laughs> but i'm not excited about it i am looking forward to seeing um justice league because i've actually never ever seen it before so i'm gonna yeah. i'm gonna hold okay. off i'm gonna if wait you're gonna watch one version watch the you four know, hour long I'm one gonna, right the one that that is the true vision of uh of uh, mr snyder so very cool um guys that is it for news uh but let's hop into trailer time it's trailer time (laughs) 
All right, guys. Uh, trailers for things still exist, which is great. Uh, so we're going to talk about two of them. Um, this first one actually snuck by all of us, and I have no idea how it did. Um, but Snowpiercer, original series from TNT. Uh, this is actually created by Graeme Manson and Josh Friedman. Uh, of course, adapted from, you know, our guy, Bong Joon-ho. Uh, in his original film, uh, which we, we watched on Netflix as well. Um, but guys, this is starring Jennifer Connelly, David Diggs, Mickey Sumner, Sheila Vand, and Allison Wright. Um, and it's it's it kind of looks like it's going to just replace the original storyline or the original movie. Did you guys get that from the trailer as well? Oh, one, I think 100%. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure how... You can take that original story and stretch it beyond a season, though. So I'm very yeah. like if his whole if the whole thing is sort of the replication of the struggle to get to the front of the train and to overthrow, how long can that gimmick run? Right. That, I, maybe I'm that's intrigued. maybe that's that's the point of the adaptation for it to be like an American version, which is like their version of this movie through as a TV show. Do you know what I mean? But well, I'm I'm also wondering if they do like maybe each season is a different like train car or a different, you know, a different area. That sounds very also, slow building if that were be, it, it, if were to it be could the case. be right. Yeah. Or maybe, maybe they get to the end of this season and we get to the train crash and it ends up being like a whole new thing. Exactly. And it's, it's oh, a survival series. Yeah. If you take that and, story to a whole new level, I think that's, right? that would be the only reason to do this in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it looks, that trailer looked absolutely phenomenal. Well, and it looks like it's giving us stuff that we didn't get in the movie. I remember when the original movie, I was so upset that they didn't show that person's frozen arm getting obliterated. And we actually get to see it in this, which is interesting that they they kind of, it looks like they're going a little bit more gritty, a little bit more violent. I don't know. It looks intense for sure in that regard. Yeah, I I definitely think that this is kind of like their version of what Bong Joon-ho did. But in a miniseries sort of standpoint, I, I, you're to your point. How do you extend it after? Do you, do you, tell the story of of how they got there, you know, or do you mm. tell the story? Do you tell the story of what happens after the movie? There, there might be a chance for humanity to survive outside of that train. Um, mm-hmm. Do you tell that story? So it's like, it would be interesting to see. But at least if they're using the film as a as a launch point to really say, okay, can this work? Then hopefully with some creative writing and whoever you know these two guys are, I'm not sure who they are, what they what else other work they've done. Maybe they can uh, carve out a season that lives in that universe. Well, and I'm wondering if it is just going to be that. It's going to be a season that lives in that universe. They're going to see how well it does. The fact that it's TNT freaked me out a little bit. But then as soon as I saw that Netflix is going to be pushing it out, I I started to feel a little bit better about its exposure. Isn't I'm so funny, too, because TNT is a Time Warner company, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it's part of the Time Warner. Yeah, it's Turner Network Television, I believe. Yeah. So why wouldn't it? be on hbo max it's funny they must have they must have penned that agreement well before hbo max was a thing right so but um i don't know guys like the whole the whole expansion of seeing i think we're gonna see a character on both sides which is really exciting because the film kind of focuses a lot more on the tailies a lot more on the people in the back and doesn't really give us too much character growth from yeah. the other side so jennifer Connolly being in this and being a big name attached to it along with david diggs like i think that's going to be a really cool dynamic that we're going to mm-hmm. see their mm-hmm. characters we're going to be rooting for both sides um 
but they're both going to be against well, each other, which I think is really cool. Yeah, and, it was definitely the film was definitely told in the perspective of of you know the lower class and the high class were definitely you know the perceived. Uh, I mean, that was you know, kind of the secret that you had to get towards. Versus absolutely. now, it yeah. seems like they're going to be a lot more prominent. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, if I had two thoughts about that trailer, I would say number one. That is the most interesting Jennifer Connelly has ever seemed to me as an actress. <laughs> she, I just find she's very bland in a lot of her mm. roles. Uh, and, and maybe that's just my take on it. Like, I would never, like, jump out of my seat and be like, ooh, a Jennifer Connelly project. I need to see this. <laughs> yeah. uh, but she looks, like, scary and, and intimidating mm-hmm. in this. So, like, that's, that's kind of a cool twist. Uh, and another thing that, kind of, I mean, it's kind of maybe irrelevant, but did we ever see daytime in that movie? Like, yeah. like, dur- like, I mean, like during the story of it, like it all just felt like it was very dark and at night and so many of these shots were bright and vibrant. Mm. Like, and maybe that's because you're seeing so much of that, the, the front part of the train versus, you know, where it. we, you know, it just felt a lot more vibrant and bright than, than the, oh, the tone well, of the movie like did. Internally. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I see what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. It just, it, yeah. yeah. It just seems, it just seems to be a bit different. And, you, and you so see, that might be on Nate's point there of like, maybe we're going to get a lot more of the front part of the car as well. Oh yeah, I think mm-hmm. I think there's going to be probably a whole episode dedicated to that. Like you're going to have a whole episode about what the what the tail end mm-hmm. is is living in, and then you're going to have a whole episode about what the the rich are living in, right? And yeah, like they showed the outside, so you saw daylight in in the movie. But to your point, yeah, like it was darker, and it was like as they moved their way away from the tail, you know, when they get to like the school scene everything was suddenly different and like they get into a re- like more of a restaurant clubby area it still had that like dark like film noir vibe to it but like yeah. there's a little bit more color there but the colors started to appear as they moved up but to see you know a big swooping staircase and like here coming down a, a staircase i'm like where is that like what yeah. part of the train is that in you know <laughs> they're, expand- <laughs> they're, they're expanding the universe for sure yeah, like well, they're making they're making those train cars bigger i just hope we don't um, suddenly see like to. a pool in yeah. in one of these things right like just hey, like a big swimming pool hey hey if how you cool? can have a hot tub in the back of a limo you can have a pool on a train darn it how how That's nuts true. would it be if there was like a pool scene where like the train car gets hit by something and then we see people like trying to like navigate this pool um guys sean bean is in it so he'll probably die in the pool uh, there we go. That, no, you, you, you figured it out darn it there we go uh but guys i'm super looking forward to that and the coolest part is it releases tomorrow so by the time you're listening to this um you can watch episode one on netflix at least in canada i don't know what's going on in the states i know they've got some stuff on amazon and, and things like that but um yeah check it out on netflix i know i will tomorrow and we'll get back to you next week on that yeah, that's awesome. Moving into our next trailer, um, this trailer debuted in Fortnite, believe it or not. Uh, and, of course, we're talking about the trailer for Tenet. Uh, this is directed, directed by Christopher Nolan. Uh, it stars John David Washington, Robert Pattinson, Elizabeth Debicki, uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson, Kenneth Branagh, and, of course, Michael Caine. Um, armed with only one word, Tenet, and fighting for the survival of the entire world, the protagonist journeys through a twilight world of international espionage on a mission that will unfold in something beyond real time. Guys, what did you think of this trailer? I still have no idea what's going on. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like, <laughs> nope, I learned absolutely nothing more, but somehow want to see it even more. Like, kudos, yeah. this is cool. This is exciting. Yeah. 
a Nolan movie is always sort of like this mystery that you just can't wait to see unfold. Yes, Not- and I think like I think the fact that it's it's visuals and it's music and it's like just that whole idea of what's going on. They did mention something about preventing World War Three, which I think is the only story beat that we got from this. Yeah, I think there's a there's a, there's a couple of things that really stand out in the trailer without having seen the movie. First thing yeah. is that it obviously thematically fits into the Nolan body of work as it deals mm-hmm. with time. It deals with, uh, you know, some sort of uh, thrilling sort of uh, experience. Uh, you know, he's been, he's been playing with these thematics throughout all of his movies, maybe not so much in the dark night, um, but in his own body of work and his own films that he's writing and he's directing, you know, he, this is something, and, and this fits. He's really, always, really he's well. always manipulating time. You're absolutely sure. right. Yeah. 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 And, and the, the, the interesting thing is, um, you know, he, they referred to in this trailer, uh, inverting time. Uh, there's this, this aspect, there's this aspect where yeah, what he was wasn't it, what was shooting. It, it didn't he shoot. Wasn't, it, it sucks. He was catching the bullets. The bullets. It was catching, was the, catching bullets. the bullets. Like, what? <laughs> so he was. So basically, what that looks like in the trailer is that you're experiencing things backwards. So they have it already happened. So like when they walk in the room in the trailer and he sees the glass and he's like, "What happened here?" He's like, "Something that hasn't hasn't happened yet." And then it and does then happen, but in reverse. reverse and like, yeah. This feels like a movie that we're gonna have to see two or three times just right. to, oh, to sort of all get of, it. All of his movies are kind of like that, yeah. though, right? Where you you, you they become. Uh, they take the they take people that don't really study film and they push they push that audience to say hey watch this a few times like get get more out of I this mean, than I just do, a fun I do ride. think he is a master in the sense that while you can rewatch them over and over and learn new stuff and whatever while it might be confusing at the time by the end of it you do sort of always come out of it at least understanding the basic idea of what you've just seen mm-hmm. right like when when I when I remember watching like Memento Right. And when you when you watch that film and then you realize what it is and I won't I I don't know if you guys have seen it, but I won't spoil it. But anyways, it's when you get to that point at the end, you almost have to go back to rewatch it to see if the signs were there. Right. Like, wait a minute. That better be on your that better be on your topic. (laughs) Nate is subtly hinting that he hasn't seen Memento. No, it's fine. You're like, that's fine. We'll we'll get to that part. He like, uh, is it on your list? (laughs) No. Oh, my God. But you're like, you claim to be this Nolan (laughs) advocate lover and you haven't seen like the one that started it all you're nuts so what i think though the, his most successful film that dealt with this sort of like challenging time uh or the concept of time and and being able to explain it effectively in in in, in the narrative of, of film was um inception interstellar yes. delved more scientific and i think people kind of got lost behind it but they still appreciated some of the more core elements that they they take away from it about family and that that connectivity and, and how time and, and love is felt no matter what but there was this whole scientific process that just kind of gets lost even dunkirk the way he utilizes time in dunkirk to kind of shift the audience through Mm-hmm. different points it's still coherent enough that you as an audience member are able to understand it and you don't need to like re-watch it um i think he he is he has the strongest capabilities of actually challenging the audience to think differently without really you know i guess it does depend on the person but if you really observe it it's all laid out there pretty obviously like for you to understand like yeah, i, I no. think inception was perfect was pitch perfect in that it was such a 
very complex idea and he conveyed it with the right characters and the right elements in place so that the audience would understand when you get to that end and you see that 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 top spinning you're just kind of like everyone in the audience just goes <gasps> you know what i mean like realizing what that mm -hmm. what that means after seeing all those those elements right like while you're watching it you're like what's going on here what mm -hmm. is what is what how is he manipulating time and everything and then as you get to that finale if it's Inception, you realize how a dream and a dream and a dream works. If it's uh, Interstellar, you kind of understand, you know, how, you know, traveling through space manipulates time. If it's yeah. mm -hmm. um, Dunkirk, it's, oh, okay, one was two days, one was a day or a few yeah. hours, the other was just an hour, whatever, and they all worked, you know. Like, he, he, he leaves you trying to figure it out the whole time, but by the end, he lets you figure it out. You know, and that yeah, and that's cool. Yeah. That's pretty cool. When I think of Christopher Nolan films, yes, I do think of the Batman trilogy. But if I think of like like Christopher Nolan's films that are are free of any sort of uh, preconceived ideas and all original ideas. I don't mm -hmm. think of Dark Knight as part of that. I think Dark no. Knight is his his way of telling yeah. a superhero story it was, in the way that yeah, he would tell a story. That's the most like mainstream storytelling exactly. he's ever done. Yeah, exactly. And it, and he couldn't get too wild and crazy right. with exactly. you know a, a comic book movie and right. whatnot. Absolutely. And, if, so, and just a quick shout out to the best Christopher Nolan movie, The Prestige. Oh my oh, yeah. goodness. Dude, oh, and yeah. even that, that that's that, my favorite at least. Think about that and how it plays with time. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and no, the illusion exactly. of time, right? Like and, the well, and, the, and the way he reveals what's been going on the whole time oh, is that God. sort of trickery yes. with time in yep. that one, you yep. know? Well, mm -hmm. I'm so excited for this. I'm so excited to, it's just, to see. It's just frustrating. No, no, but sorry, on the, on the vein of being excited even more so now, now that mm. they've taken out the release date, it's like, no, why would you? I mean, we all understand why we don't know yeah. when it's going to come out, but it's like, as soon as they basically almost confirmed that it won't be when we initially thought it was going to come out, and then they drop this tra trailer just to make that realization even more hard, like difficult to to mm -hmm. deal with. Well, and they hit it hard, like they hammer it home, like yeah. like coming in theater eventually, like, basically. Yeah. Yeah. No, well, <laughs> but, I, I think the, that was know. their that was their way of like just basically saying we are not streaming this this is not yeah. going to be something yeah. streamed it will be experienced in a theater oh uh, i think it is good that uh, they did even that. if they did stream it i would wait till they eventually released it because i'm Absolutely. not seeing a nolan picture not in imax right but and we've all kind and, of touched on that a lot before and i love that that you say that because that is what nolan has done right it's like it's like how we were talking about james cameron in 3d you're not going to go yeah. see it you're not going to see a james cameron movie stream you're going to go to a theater and experience it with that technology and the same thing the technology that nolan's using with imax and the experience that he's trying to create it's so integral to the theater experience these guys are are filmmakers for the theater experience right they're not yeah. filmmakers just for the sake of just telling stories and and it can go anywhere they they're trying to craft the technology with the narrative and it, and it, that's that's good. That's that's what filmmakers were when you know back in the seventies and stuff like that. <laughs> they're making they're making an experience exactly. Um, and I'm super stoked to experience you know Nolan working with another Batman, uh, which is going to be really interesting with with Robert Pattinson, Pattinson and yeah. seeing him. I'm, I'm so come happy. Back to the fold. I'm so happy for the guy that like he's finally like gotten over the Twilight thing and people yeah. pooping on him, and so. Like I thought he looked very interesting as a character in this trailer because you don't mm -hmm. really see him in that first one, right? Right. Like the, and in this one, he seems like a far more prominent player. And I'm yes. like, oh, yes. his character looks very interesting. Mm -hmm. And there was no, 
oh, the Twilight guy. No, it was like, no, Robert Pattinson looks awesome in this movie. Cool. Like, good for what him. If it's a, what, if it's a, what if it's a fake out and it's a, it's a young Michael Caine's character? <laughs> oh, my God. I know they're both British. I'm, I'm, I'm more interested in, I want to know if Matt Damon's going to suddenly pop up in this one. Dude, Matt Damon, and Matt Damon will probably, you know, he'll probably be there. We'll, we'll see. Um, but guys, we've got a lot of time to create our, our hashtag, hashtag Michael Caine, the time traveler, uh, before this movie comes out. So hopefully we can change the course of this film as well. You heard um, it here. Guys, you heard it here first. Nate figured <laughs> it, it out. First. We all figured it out. We, we got it. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Hashtag Michael Caine, the time traveler. Uh, but guys, I'm so stoked. Those trailers looked fantastic. Um, but guys, now it's time to lose a little bit of our geek cred as we move into our topic of the show. All right. So, guys, get ready to lose tons of geek cred. Uh, this is going to be a roundtable discussion where we're going to embarrass ourselves uh, immensely, um, where we list off in order our top five films that we're embarrassed to say as geeks or even just film lovers that we have not seen. Then um, the other two are going to try to convince the other one why they need to watch that movie and why they're an idiot for not watching that movie yet. Um, this was sort of inspired by the fact that I've, and I've mentioned it on the podcast before, um, that I've not ever seen an Indiana Jones movie except for the bad one. Um, Kevin's going to just yell at me for the next hour. Um, Ghostbusters um, was another one that I've not seen any of those. Um, and then, of course, my lack of Tarantino films um, as well. So definitely a lot of you know geeky and also just just sort of you know, we call ourselves films fans, but we've not seen these movies. Um, I am so stoked to get these off my chest. Uh, that's what she said. But also, um, <laughs> but also get you guys to maybe embarrass yourselves a little bit so that I feel a little bit better. Um, so, guys, as I mentioned, this will be a roundtable discussion. We're going to go one by one, starting with our number five, uh, and then move all the way to our number one. And then if we if we have time, we might mention some some additional films that, uh, if you know, if we want to dig our hole even deeper. Um, <laughs> but, guys, uh, how do you guys want to do this? Do you want to – does – I think we start with maybe Justin, then Kevin, then me. Cool. Does that work? And then we'll go in that order? Works for me. All right, Justin. Let's get ready to laugh at Justin. Oh, God. So I have to go first? Okay, cool. Well, like you were saying, um, I am, you know, for personally for myself, I am a film lover. I guess I could kind of say I'm a, a cinephile. I tend to uh, talk in-depthly about film. Uh, Kevin knows yep. this, as he always like, man, it's so pretentious. Um, so, you know. Spot on that, impression, the, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I've known you long enough. I do a pretty good Kevin impersonation. You should see my ones without words with my eyes. I do a great eye Kevin role. Um, but anyways, uh, the first one or I guess number five on my list, it's a mm-hmm. older film, and I think it's re- renowned known as this film one of this filmmakers like top films um it has a rotten tomato score of 100 um this is rear window by alfred hitchcock um i remember seeing a clip from the movie in a lecture um Mm -hmm. as a point of like cinematography and just uh blocking how how things worked um I never actually watched the entire movie. I've never seen it. Um, it and, and I have, and, and the funny thing is, is I have the complete <laughs> Alfred Hitchcock collection. I've seen Psycho, and I've seen other Hitchcock films. Um, but yeah, Rear Window is one of the ones that I, I haven't checked out, and kind of embarrassed to admit that I haven't to th- seen. To that think one. that like a hundred 
you know, a, a score of 100. That's crazy because I will admit that uh, Hitchcock um, was something I dabbled with, w- whether I put him on my list. And there were so many of his that I hadn't seen. I have basically seen Psycho and Birds, which, <laughs> you know, to to film critics, you know, a lot of them would probably argue are two of his more commercial and less <laughs> artistic and, and really well done yep. films. So yep. I think I've seen his blockbuster Marvel movies, but not his more art house sort of, you know, yeah. uh, you know, films. Yes. Uh, so I would definitely say I've, I've never seen Rear Window. I've never seen it either. Um, I just reading the description, it actually reminds me of what was that one hour photo? It reminds me a little bit of oh, with Robin uh, with Williams. Robin Williams. Yeah, okay. um, yeah I don't cool. know if it's anything like that, but yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it sounds intriguing. I wonder if it's hundred percent still holds up. I don't know. Well, I I think Hitchcock's films will always hold up. They're they're a testament to what mm. the, like cinema has become. Um, you know, this film is constantly parodied in in various exa- I, actually the parody that I'm thinking of uh, is the Simpsons parody where uh, Bart breaks his leg um, and he can't go swimming <laughs> and he has to stay he has that. to stay he has to stay inside and he, he's con- he's convinced that Flanders has killed Maud and all and he's doing he, is burying a plant at the end yeah, right? like yeah, I wonder exactly, how much yeah. that episode actually yeah. gives away from right. the movie yeah. itself. Well, I'll tell you what, when I do watch it, I will watch this episode, the that episode before I do just to see how much of it ties <laughs> well, in. Well, but let's see if that's um, you know, the movie from your list that we decide to uh put into our watch club for next week. Okay, it might be. Cool. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. We're going to kind of vote uh for our listeners. We're going to kind of vote at the end which one we're going to kind of pop into watch uh watch club. Um maybe. I feel like I don't know. I feel like we might have some more one, yeah. like ones yeah. that we're going to kind of we're only on five yeah more, exactly yeah and i'm <laughs> the first one who went so god who's next there you go um yeah kevin let's hear it bud what's your number five dude um so uh, maybe justin and i have crafted similar thematic lists in that um i struggled to find like geeky movies that i haven't seen you know what sure. i mean uh yep. and so i went with you know uh <laughs> i wouldn't i wouldn't call myself a film buff uh but Anybody who knows me, and even more in real life than on the podcast, uh, I certainly have my opinions about movies and films. And yeah, I, and, I call you an entertainment buff. And uh, yeah, and I think yeah, I might I be more that. of a movie fan than a film fan. And so I mm, think yeah. a lot of my list is going to feature films that I haven't seen. Right. Uh, and so I will start with Godfather Part Two, uh, which is. Arguably, you know, like uh, it's on most people's lists for, you know, the greatest sequel of all time. If it's not Empire Strikes Back, it's Godfather Part 2. And I mean, I'll go right out and just say it. I only watched Godfather for the first time last year and could not have enjoyed it less. Uh, It was. (laughs) I mean, I understand why it's so revered as a movie, but... It's mm-hmm. just not my kind of movie. I found it slow and boring, and the idea of watching another one was like, nope. So I, I think I've capped out my Godfather quota at one. Um, huh. But so Godfather Part Two, you know, the one that won a lot of people their awards and everything like that, is just one I've never seen. And you know, I don't know. Justin, have you seen Godfather Part Two? I haven't seen any of the Godfathers. That's actually on my list. Okay. So okay. Yeah. <laughs> no worries. It's you know what? It's it was on my honorable mentions as well. Like I think 
the Godfather series again. I I kind of would like to watch at least the first one. Uh, to to your point, Kevin, to kind of get. No, but it, but it is why two. is it so it is, important? No, but it is two though. That is the one that's most important. That's right? the one we, I have to watch. Yeah, exactly. So, but I don't but, think you okay. could watch two watch, if you haven't watched. Which is one. why I haven't watched Godfather because yeah. when I went to go try to watch the Godfather Part One, it was 175 minutes, and I was like, no, thank you. It was so <laughs> long. Oh yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I would and, I would almost be interested it, to see if if it's better if you watch it like cut up. Kind like of like how, how people did. watched um, the Irishman, the Irishman, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, well, this, but that's my what dad a lot of people in three separate segments watch that yeah. one. You know, well, that's that's what a lot of people say is that like you know the Irishman is is in many ways uh, Scorsese's Godfather, um, mm. but to a, to a different degree because you know Scorsese, Coppola, Lucas, Spielberg, they were all, all, all you know school all buddies, all chums, school buddies, yeah. yeah, chums. They all they all were involved in when when they started to see Francis. Uh, you know, going big with with Godfather and getting the success, you know, it really did start to create that buzz within their community. And, you know, Scorsese's doing films and, you know, Spielberg was obviously doing films and then made Jaws Mm -hmm. and Lucas did, you know, they were all part of the same sort of generation. So uh, Francis Ford Coppola, like I've loved, I've seen many films, almost all the films of all the other filmmakers in and around uh, for Francis Ford Coppola, but I have Mm -hmm. not seen... um, godfather which is revered as as being like the all-time best yeah so uh to start it off and a big heavy hitter uh you know i'm just gonna go right out there and just lay it on the line the movies that i haven't seen are often revered as all-time classics and some of the best movies of all time and i just could not be bothered to see it Mm -hmm. (laughs) nate nate where are you starting your list off Oh, you guys. So I thought you guys were going to – I thought you guys were actually going to pick, like, embarrassing things. I feel like not too many people have even heard of Rear Window, and I don't know how many people – like, film people, sure, but, like, general audiences. Now, I kind of went more the route of, like, (laughs) general audiences are going to kill me for a lot of these. Um, But my number five – oh, my number five is Skyfall. Okay. Um, I've never seen Skyfall. Rather, and I've I've honestly never. I'm gonna kind of package that in with. I've never really watched any of the James Bond movies. You did mention that um, in the okay. last episode when we were talking about Bond, and it was like I'm not the biggest Bond fan. Um, I, I'm not. But it just I've, sucks I've that you haven't not... seen one of the like truly good ones. You know. Yeah. Um. And I've heard so much about Skyfall, and I've heard I've heard that it's like it is revered as like one of the top uh bond movies and so is 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 skyfall one that i could i could jump into or would i have to have watched uh what you, came before i'm not sure how much recurring storylines you know actually do even happen in the james bond uh saga that like um you would need well, there's to with have the transition seen. with m yeah oh yeah her character is yeah. actually yeah. Her storyline in that one is quite. Uh, you would Integral. need to have a, yeah. a familiarity yeah. with her character to have it resonate. I think. There you okay. Go. So yeah. so like maybe start with like the Daniel Craig. Just do the Daniel versions. Craig ones yeah. if you're start, if you're gonna do it. You don't have Casino to go back Royale. and watch you know the other ones. Um, yeah. But yeah, start with Casino Royale because okay, great movie. Then you have a yeah. crappy one, and then you get Skyfall, and then you get a crappy. You could actually one. probably you could probably skip Quantum of Solace, which Sk- is after. Skip it. Skip, yeah. skip the okay. one with the dumbest name. And, yeah. Okay. You know, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think it's. I think the reason that I, I kind of um, have just sort of not really fallen into it is because for me, like something in my brain took 
the fact that I've watched a few of the Mission Impossible movies and Austin Powers and just sort of mashed all that together to make me feel like, oh, of course I've seen the James Bond movies. Of course I've seen 007 movies. And I, when I think back to it, like I really haven't. I think it's kind of like how um, like Doctor Who fans say, you don't have to go and watch all 40 or 50 years, right? You can right. start at a certain point and learn enough and know enough and get familiar enough that you don't need to have seen it all to to fully appreciate it. And cool. James Bond kind of works in a way that, yeah, the character is constantly being reinvented and almost like not quite rebooted, but, you know, in a sense that, yeah, you could go and watch the four Daniel Craig movies and that could be your Bond. Maybe we could do a watch club closer to of like going through the Daniel Craigiverse yeah, Bond movies. Because um, I think that, I'd like to watch them again for sure. For yeah, sure, yeah. that's yeah. a good we idea. Should do that. Yeah, so we'll yeah. we'll cool. save this one for uh, down the road when when Bond is actually going to come out. I like that All idea right. a lot. Yeah, me too. Yes, cool beans. Well, yeah, and I loved I loved when Daniel Craig said "groovy baby." Um, but yes, <laughs> yeah. um, no, that's James Bond's <laughs> classic moniker, right? His classic moniker. <laughs> Justin, what is your number four? Godfather is definitely on my list as my number four and not just two. I didn't see one, two or three. Um, Mm. Again, I've already kind of spoken to the fact that, you know, Francis Ford Coppola, this film is considered his contribution to Hollywood filmmaking and and, and the Mm -hmm. idea of filmmaking in general. Um, So for me, as someone who considered myself the kind of person that is so well versed in films to say that I haven't seen the Godfather, I always feel kind of embarrassed about saying that. So I'm embarrassed. uh, That's why it's on my list. But uh, I would any, say, I'm not embarrassed for you. I'm happy for you because okay. I don't know, man. <laughs> what a what a do, what a I, lousy afternoon that was for me. Just but, like when is this over? I, yeah, no. I, I think whether it's on if if it's on the list uh, for what we do next week or not, I think I'm still gonna watch it because I don't know. Going through this, going through this list, it's like now I have to watch all these films. I'm I'm making it <laughs> I'm making it a point to watch all five of these and then squeezing in the honorable mentions for sure. Oh no! So I have to watch. Godfather Part Two. (laughs) No, but I mean, I mean, like again, we don't. Yeah, I I would say if we want to talk about it, sure, right? But no, but uh, I see. see. No, if you're going to challenge your list and tackle it, I'm going to tackle mine too. Darn it, I'm not going to get left behind here. (laughs) Well, Kevin, what's the next movie that you're going to watch? Then, what is your number four? Uh, So my number four uh, is a movie that features a very, very iconic scene, uh, and is and is also um, potentially one of the most. Uh, well-respected efforts from both the director and the lead actor, uh, and maybe even considered them at their top of their game. Uh, and that would be um, De Niro and Scorsese, Taxi Driver. I have never seen Taxi Driver. Oh, wow. Uh, and, and that's just such an iconic and, and you know, oft-parodied scene. And, and it just, I only know it because of the parodies, but not from its actual source material. And again, it's often referred to as like Scorsese and De Niro just at the peak of their brilliant and everything like that and it has just never been something that i've seen or wanted to see she's never done it for me yeah now i'm trying to think i watched this movie right well i don't know nate did you (laughs) wait no i didn't sorry i watched what's the other one with the nero that was was the king of comedy that's what i watched never mind right yeah you you recently watched that one (laughs) but see how these see how these movies can kind of like sort of meld together in our minds like just based off of like their visuals or when they were released like it can totally happen and i feel like that's a a big reason for a lot of people to to have not seen certain movies because they're just like oh yeah i saw that i think 
<laughs> and then they just whiz or, right past or it. Or you've so. seen enough of it, you know, parodied right. in pop culture that you have kind of seen it in a way. Yes. Like, yeah. even just like watching Godfather, for instance, like, you know, yeah. and they get to the scene where the 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 severed horse head is in the bed and stuff. And it's like, I've seen, I've that. seen that parodied yeah. so many times that mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. moment itself kind of fell a little flat. Whereas I'm sure mm-hmm. at the time it was exhilarating or whatever, you know? So like, so I'm sure, you know, De Niro wearing his military style jacket, looking at himself in the mirror, you know, you're talking to me. I've seen it so many times that the, the moment will kind of almost fall flat. If anything, when I actually right. do see it in context. So yeah. Super yes. young in this movie. Holy Oh, moly. it's crazy, eh? It's crazy. Wow, look at him. <laughs> that, that's but that's fantastic. only Scorsese using uh, digital effects to make him look that young. <laughs> <laughs> of course, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so he had a mohawk? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. He was he was a total what? badass. Okay, maybe I might want to watch man. this movie now. It's a great Travis, film. Travis it's, Bickle, right? Yeah. There's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, theories about how it ends, so it'll be interesting um, if cool. you guys do check it out. Have you seen you it, Just? Yes, I have. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, it's cool. Uh, I'm super interested. Cool. It's really well, it's it's very well done. Uh, nice. That's uh, what when you see that guys uh, th- after uh, maybe mm-hmm. I maybe I bring it up after or maybe I bring it up now. I don't know. But think about the Joker. Yeah. Well, no, I've heard that that Taxi Driver and the one that I I did watch, King of Comedy. W- those were the inspirations. Mm-hmm. So cool. I'm okay. I'm very intrigued to then to check it out. That's super cool. Awesome. Uh, my number four. Oh man, I'm again. I get scared every time I look at this list here because I feel like you guys are just gonna instantly unfriend me. I on am Facebook. frothing to hear your number four. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> My number four um, stars Will Smith and uh, involves uh, a fantastic day that's celebrated in the United States <laughs> and aliens. <laughs> you haven't you seen Independence Day? Oh, I've no, never you... seen Inde- <laughs> Independence Day. <laughs> Are you serious? I've, I've seen clips of Independence Day as I walked by it when it was being played on Spike TV or something, I'm sure, uh, on television. But I've never actually watched Independence Day. I know. Is it good? Does it still hold up? And is it better than apparently the sequel is terrible? Um, the sequel is terrible. No, no, yes. No, no okay. it's not very good, but it is the best kind of film trash. I disagree. I think it's I think it's great. It's oh, still yeah. stands. Yes. Yeah, watch that stands. watch that scene where the fire is blowing through the tunnel and the dog Whatever. has to leap. It's, it's 90s, so it's bad. 90s graphic. Okay, Dude. fine. Then that is at least the answer to does it hold up? Not in terms of its graphics. Pro- okay, fine. Uh, okay, sure. that's fair. And visually. And they go to a spaceship and give it a uh, computer virus like come on it's pretty silly <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome it's it's great it's it is it is pretty silly but like you know it's roland emmerich um he is the disaster film guy he did godzilla yeah. he did the day after tomorrow and this um, is arguably arguably his best it you know? is his and best. this it one did so best. well and was so well received by yes. like fans as popcorn movie that he did yep. it for the next 20 years yeah yeah yep yeah, so cool. definitely check that out. Go check there. it out; it's fun. Will Smith is great. Young Will Smith. Yes. I you think know. that's what it, I think that's what Jeff what Goldblum, draws me bro. to it. Jeff, oh, yeah, Jeff Goldblum, Goldblum is so good. Um, you love Jeff Goldblum. His How dad, have you not uh, seen this? Movie? His dad. Uh, who's his? Who plays his dad there? Because um, he's oh. great. <laughs> yeah. What are you? What are you gonna do? You gotta get a cold. Get off the ground. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it looks it looks really like the cast looks pretty stellar, and like. Will Smith, I think, is the reason that I would want to watch this movie. Uh, honestly, um, though, Jeff Goldblum will be your favorite character. Yeah? Okay. Yeah. All 100%. right. Then you guys... And like, oh, even just okay. like Bill Pullman as the president, oh, that speech, he was great. That speech yes. is one of the yeah. greatest like, 
Yeah. Let's effing do this speeches exactly. of all time. Randy Quaid is really fun. His character oh, has a nice Randy story. Randy Quaid, man. Yeah. yeah. Dude. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's not okay. a good movie, but damn it, is it a fun one, man. 100% yes. I would recommend yes. it. Popcorn. Yeah. And yeah. that's why I yes, would say exactly, that it still dude. stands up. It still stands to be a good movie now. Yeah. Okay. I changed my answer to kind of <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> okay, great. Cool. Well, that's my number four. I, I still can't believe I've never seen it. But again, I've seen so many scenes of it. I was six when it came out, so I was not the right age to watch this kind of movie. Um, so, yeah, we'll have to wait and uh, see. You're so young. Like what <laughs> right. a different for us as eleven year olds. This was like the movie of the year for for yeah. people our age, you know. So, <laughs> but it totally makes sense. A six year old, it would have yeah. just you know flown Flew right you know, by me. Yeah, exactly. That's amazing. Cool man, <laughs> literally. All right, let's get into uh, what are we at number three then, Justin? What is your number three? All right, number three. Now I had already previously mentioned this filmmaker. Steven Spielberg. Uh, this is a film that he is renownedly known for, um, and it is seen as an achievement in terms of uh, storytelling, um, and also the kind of story it told. And that is Schindler's List uh, with Liam Neeson. Um, I thought you were going to say ET. <laughs> no, I've, I've seen ET, man. I wasn't. Sorry, I wasn't. Sh- I wasn't sheltered at six. I, I was. I, I just, <laughs> um, but you didn't. You didn't watch Schindler's List when no. you were six. No. 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 Uh, Schindler's List came out in seven. 90, I think. It was 90, 90, 94, wasn't it? 94. Oh, 94. Oh, so nine. Yeah. 94. Yeah. That's a perfectly um, fine uh, subject matter for a nine-year-old. Yeah, they no, would totally dive still, right in. But even still, like being that I now know that how integral this was in terms of his career as a filmmaker mm-hmm. and also I believe he I didn't write it down but I think he won an Academy Award for it uh, it won a whole bunch of reward, uh, awards uh, Oscar season and uh, you know it was shot in black and white when you know everything was color um, you know it, it, it was it was a gritty very raw real story which was different for Steven Spielberg who was obviously pushing the boundaries of filmmaking with you know scope and scale um, um, yeah. You know, doing little films like Jaws and, you know, uh, E.T. and all these other, you know, very spectacle driven films. So to come in, do Schindler's List, tell a really meaningful story uh, that was generally appreciated by everyone in Hollywood and, and, and the film. Well, and it was such such personal, yep. you know, a, a, such a personal subject matter for himself as a right. Jewish person and everything. And right. I like I'm just going to jump right in now and say I haven't seen it either mm-hmm. and have been. Um, you know, telling myself I need to see it, yep. you know, yeah. all the time, especially after watching uh, a couple of years ago, uh, they did a Spielberg like documentary, yep. like almost like a retrospective. And like, this was the one that everyone yep. really focused on, you know, it, as- it was almost the reminder that he was still a storyteller. Right. Like it was the film that reminded people that he was also like a really good storyteller. And it wasn't just about the spectacle that went into his movies. It was about what he could do with the medium in terms of telling an impactful story. Right. Um, He's able to take that subject matter and still weave in a, weave it in a way that it's still something you want to sit and watch for three hours and 15 minutes. (laughs) Um, I've never seen it either. That's just what I'm assuming. Um, But dude, the fact that like Liam Neeson is the lead in this, like that's like, let's go. I'm I'm, almost certain he won an Oscar for for that one. I'm trying to, I'm trying to find out what awards it won. Uh, uh, Best picture, best director, I think uh, Liam Neeson was uh, nominated. Okay, he was nominated. That was kind of, I think the closest he got to an Academy Award was his performance. He was young, too. He was young, so. Yeah, this is pre-Qui-Gon. This is pre-Stole My Daughter. Yeah, Yeah. This is (laughs) pre-Fighting Wolves after a plane crash. This is like, 
This you is know, like Liam Neeson, the, the actor, not the action star. Right. Just as an aside, I think the decisions he's made as an action star, not the greatest. As an actor, I think he's fantastic. Like oh, he's, he's I think he's actually really underrated. Anything, anything he's in, I enjoy. Dude, well, that, that one, you know, I love to cry, so I think I would really enjoy Schindler's List. Um, so that's, you know, that one's up there for me. I, I don't know if that's the one we'll vote on, just because I don't know if I want to be really upset right uh, how depressed do we want to get (laughs) right with everything going on well the the reality too is that it it is a story about a a a man who who was trying to do good uh yeah right so he is trying to he was trying to bring hope and 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 obviously in this in this this time of of world war ii when jews are being hunted down and and executed and stuff like that so it it is actually kind of more i want to see it because i want to see how much it lingers into that hopeful side uh and where it, it comes out on the end all right, Schindler's List. Film critics, get your pitchforks. <laughs> get get to Justin's house. Take him out. Uh, Kevin, what is your number three, my friend? Uh, so we will continue on the vein of Justin and I exposing ourselves as film critic hacks and frauds. Um, uh, this next one is probably considered the director's best picture. Um, and I think... A lot of movies that we appreciate and love as movie fans were perhaps inspired by this movie. Of this director's 16 movies, I have only seen two. Um, And so this would be Stanley Kubrick and 2001 A Space Odyssey. Mm. I have never, ever seen it. Uh, I'm not a big sci-fi guy. As much as I love Star Wars, I don't consider it sci-fi. You know, as much as I do fantasy and adventure that just happens mm. to take place in space. Whereas yeah. I think this one is very much like, this is like the movie that invented science fiction as a, as a, you know, uh, a, a, a topic or a, a theme that could be revered and respected in film. So, um, you know, and again, another one of those iconic movies that you've seen so much of it parodied throughout pop culture that, you feel like you've seen the movie, even though I have not at all. Is that the one with the robot that's like... I, th- I believe that's know, one with Hal, I, yes. Yeah. Right, uh, with Hal? And so, yeah. and so again, if we're going to drop some Simpsons spoofing it, you know, you got <laughs> Pierce Brosnan as the, the robot yeah. hating on Marge yeah, yeah, and trying yeah, to kill yeah. Homer and stuff, <laughs> yeah, right? That was a great episode. Yeah. Um, no, I, um, that was on my honorable mentions list uh, as well. Um, it is revered as probably the quintessential sci-fi movie that started it all. Every filmmaker references it. Uh, Favreau, Nolan, uh, friggin' people like you know Spike Jones and and people that aren't even well. I mean, really I've seen if you've seen Moon, you could see sure yeah, just absolutely. how much that yeah. was inspired yeah. by. You're absolutely right. Yeah, that's that. I forgot about that. So uh, I was going to argue that her kind of plays into that with that just that idea mm. of like it, how technology, how technology and, and, can influence. Sure. It affect your life absolutely but, but, if, but a filmmaker like spike jones referencing or, or at least being inspired by a film like you know 2001 a space odyssey uh, just goes to show how far-reaching a film like this has um yes i it is was one of my honorable mentions list and it is one that i am entirely embarrassed to admit that i haven't seen it that's why i didn't never <laughs> seen it um and i mean there's a there's a few on his list i mean I've seen Spartacus, all like twelve hours of it. Nate, you had him. You had him on your. You had this movie on your honorable mentions as well. I I did have this movie on my honorable mentions. Um, I mean, you know, I was too young to see it when it came out. 
Um, you weren't uh, alive when it came out in 1968. In 1968. We were all a bit too young. <laughs> when it came out in 2001, uh, no. Um, you know what? Like, the funny thing about this, so hold on a second. I'm just maybe grasping this now, which is nuts, but this movie was made in 1968. It's based in 2001? Yes. I believe that's the idea, yes. Wow. Well, it's the wow. same thing with the Jetsons, right? Like, the whole Jetsons right. idea of, like, the cartoon being... Uh, the year 2000 takes place in the year 2000. It's like, where's our flying car? You know, the Jetsons yeah, said yeah. we would have it by then, right? So, uh, yeah, it, it is for 1968 to take a look at 2001 and what it could be. Uh, definitely different perceptions of, of you know. I mean, but like, I'm, I'm not sure how crazy the ideas of like space travel and that sort of sure. thing that the movie depicts are. Mm-hmm. It's the, um, I think the realizations of like, the creation of life and humanity and and our place in the in the universe and stuff that right. he that are really the ones that stand the test of time and are still yeah. things that we're trying to tackle and struggle and figure out. Yeah. From now, a per- I'm sure. I'm sorry. I'm sure that it's been. You'll get to this. I, I know you are, Justin. But for, uh, like, I'm sure it's been remastered a ton of times. Probably. Oh, but for like sure. visually, this movie looks. Like doesn't, really oh, good. It, it features some of the most. It features some of the most practical effects How? that were able to be achieved in 1968. Like it is like again, it's not just like in terms of storytelling. You know, a renownedly successful yeah. film. It it, it production wise, what he was able to achieve and the futuristic uh, concepts that he was able to push within this film. It, again, it is just renownedly re- known for being successful in that capacity. It's yeah, it's it's it is a quintessential movie to see. So I'm. Like how do we was, all three of us haven't seen that one? <laughs> no, but is this something that like, like when I think of like a movie that that was sci-fi? Well, Kevin doesn't call it sci-fi, but when I think of a movie that that was sci-fi that like reinvented it's film and visuals and films, like it's Star Wars. But this That's came not, out before this that. Is That's not sci-fi. Years, this is eight years earlier, I think, um, and it won the only Oscar of its five nominations that it did win was Best Effects. Yeah. So there yeah. you go. Yeah, and wow. it, you know the whole there's there's a scene <laughs> if I'm not mistaken where there's a room that that rotates in in um in in uh, 2001 a space odyssey. Are you are you suggesting Nolan's uh, no that's that was his inspiration room? Yeah, yeah, that was his cool. inspiration was to create recreate that sensational experience where it was an in camera effect rather than it being something that was like digitally composited like it was actually building a room right. So um, I know that that from behind the scenes that that was a, a a core element that played into them wanting to do that. So. That's cool. Two hours and twenty nine minutes. <laughs> I know. Come all of my, all of my watch it. <laughs> I, I'm yeah. down to watch that with you guys because, especially if it's one that we all haven't seen, like that might be interesting. That maybe maybe, maybe that'll make the list. We'll see. Maybe we'll see. We'll see. All right. All right. All right. My number three uh, is a movie that came out in two thousand and one, uh, and it was directed by Steven Soderbergh. And it is a movie that has a stellar cast uh, that I just, I always heard my cousins talk about this movie and how, like, how this movie's so good. Like, I got to rent it at Blockbuster. Um, I haven't seen it either. I was too little. I've never seen Ocean's Eleven. Oh, okay. Never mind. (laughs) Oh. I've never seen Ocean's Eleven. Like, oh, literally, it, it was. It's it's the it is the heist film. Like it is the heist film that started heist films. Like oh, to it's be yeah. a heist so film. fun. It is like 
one of the 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 funnest movies I've ever ever seen in theaters. I have just... you seen? Can I ask yeah. you guys a question about it? Sure. Yeah. About my Ocean's version, 11. my version of this movie, and I realize it only came out two years after, so I don't know where where my disconnect was. I guess, um, but the Italian job. Uh, was was kind of <laughs> what I feel was my version or, or what I, you know, had. That's cool. Of and the, and I think The Italian Job is a wicked film, too. Yeah. Um, so maybe I just like heist movies. But yeah, uh, Ocean's sure. Eleven is better. No, it's, 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 it's Italian Job better. It's, cool. it's, and it's also, it's also the pre-Italian Job. Like, the reason why Italian Job was so good was because yeah. of Ocean's Eleven. I mean, Eleven. Italian yeah. Job is maybe the quickest paced movie I've ever seen. Yes. It felt like it was like 38 <laughs> minutes. Like, it just yeah, flies exactly. through. Uh, this one's kind of similar, man. And just like Brad Pitt eating, like, just watch it to see how many times, how much stuff Brad Pitt eats in it. Oh, yeah. You know, not to okay. give anything away, but that's a rusty characteristic. And, oh, man, Brad Pitt is wicked. Clooney's great. Cool. And then your your lesser sidekicks are all awesome in their own way. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially and uh, Scott Kahn and uh, and um, oh yeah Affleck uh, Casey yeah, yeah. Affleck Casey they're Affleck, so yeah. fun man like yeah, dude yeah. you gotta watch this one Bernie of all uh, of them okay. that's it Bernie, we're taking a Bernie break now and watching Ocean's Eleven I'm in <laughs> I watch that movie maybe once every two years it is yeah, just, uh, if Bernie it's on Mac TV I'll watch it? Yeah. yeah man I watched it I watched it recently I watched all of them and then I watched Ocean's Eight and I was. We will talk about Oceans Eight if we do an Oceans <laughs> recap. But I was, I was just, I was so appalled with that film, and they did nothing with that cast. The cast was great; they had all the right yeah. people, but they and... just weren't fun like they were in o- no. the Oceans Eleven movies. And and like th- and like the thing that bothered me the most was that it just felt like a rehash of Oceans Eleven. Have either of you seen the Oceans Eleven nineteen sixty version? I I have seen it uh, with the Rat Pack. I own it. Absolutely. Yeah. I watched it with my yeah. dad. Yeah. No. Okay. But that's like a, that's, that's a like movie a that he loved. He, he, he thought that was a cool movie because, you know, when you watch it, my goodness, the story is crap. The, the pacing and everything is nowhere near as cool and fun yeah. as what Soder, uh, you know, Soderbergh brings to his. Um, but you're also talking about the coolest guys alive at the time in that movie, right? right. right with your Sinatra and your Dean Martin and everything. Yeah. Like it was that. more and about the cast. It, they did it again. Yeah. 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 Uh, but yes, Ocean's Eleven. I'm I'm stoked now. I didn't realize who exactly was in it. I knew it was a lot of stars, but that's cool. Awesome. Let's get into number two, guys. It's getting down, getting down to the nitty gritty. Um, and <laughs> no, that movie is not on my list. I've totally seen Nacho Libre. Uh, but uh, Justin, what is your number two pick? Okay, so my number two pick. Uh, pretty much when people discuss prison movies, probably the first one that comes to mind is this film. Um, from 1994. You're kidding this me! Is, is the Shawshank Redemption? Wow! Um, oh, haven't seen it. So, oh, yeah. Nate's seen one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so happy I've seen it. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the Shawshank Redemption, I actually have not seen. Really? Um, and I, again, being that it is uh, Stephen King derived uh, material, it is probably one of the best realizations of his of his uh, work. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think one that he's probably super proud of in terms of how it, it translated. Um, yes. It's, but, it's, it usually tops a lot of people's like favorite movies. List, right. Exactly. Right? It, it is on the top of a lot of people's lists, uh, which I was very surprised and which was one of the things that uh, made me uh, slightly embarrassed to want to put it on this list. So it is on this that list. That was the point. Because, yeah. But I just never have actually just been like, I'm going to sit down and watch this movie. I, I feel like it's a heavy movie. Like it's a very heavy movie. Oh man. Um, no, it is super uplifting and, <laughs> and it's 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 
very nice. Mm. Um, I it, do have it, to say that, yeah. like, I only watched it about two years ago. I think it came up in a recommended Netflix. Uh, so I did watch it one, you know, Sunday afternoon. And um, I think for me, it kind of, if anything, suffered from overhype. You know how, like, mm. if, if enough people love something and say how right. great it is, you're expecting something and mm. it's almost impossible for something to live up to those expectations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it wouldn't make my top 5, 10, 20 favorite movies of all time list just because it didn't resonate with me so much. But I can certainly see why watching it at the time and having seen it at the time and everything and why it stands the test of time. It really is a lovely, lovely movie where, you know, as he's crawling through a sewer of poop, you're just like, do it, buddy. Let's go. You got yeah. this, you know. So and yeah, Morgan Freeman is dope. That was like the Morgan Freeman movie. Yeah, he. It's. It, I remember the reason I actually watched this was because of English class. So in high school, we actually like we did like a whole report on it and everything. Um, and I just remember like going into it, you know, being a teenager and sort of being like, oh, we got to sit through this old movie. And I remember just like being so turned around by the performances and the story. And as you said, like the the sort of fist pump in the air moments that you get out of it without spoiling it. It's it's so it's really fantastic. And I I, I do think it's like it. it as you said, it's it definitely translates because we had to read the book. The best that I've ever seen a book translation, I would say, to film. So I definitely you have to watch it, Justin. If cool. if anything, just for for um, Tim Robbins and Morgan Freeman. Yeah. So. Well, I'm, I've I've heard that this is the film that has defined him as the narrator. So you know, defines him <laughs> as, as the narrator. Yeah. So I, I know that he's gonna be whispering in my ear every so often. <laughs> <laughs> it's a so. great Morgan Freeman. It's almost good as your Kevin. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I practice these cool. things when I'm alone. Awesome, Kevin. What is your number two, my dude? So again, another movie that's just always near the top of greatest movies of all time list another one that's just so ingrained in pop culture Casablanca uh here's looking at you kid and you know this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship uh but I've never seen Casablanca I actually went and visited some friends in Ottawa late last year and um my friend uh Louisa is a stage director at a at a local theater house and they were running this radio serialized version of Casablanca. Uh, and I just absolutely loved the play. I thought it was a really fun take on it and, and thought the story was really cool. And it made me want to see this movie, though I haven't gone and actually seen the actual movie itself. I, I've, I've, we're going further and further back here. 1942, <laughs> uh, romance, war drama. I've, I've heard... I've literally just heard the word Casablanca, but yeah, I have no idea. I've, I've seen I've seen it, and um, it is an achievement for Hollywood in terms of like just scope and, and scale, and, and the idea that it it's able to depict uh, this 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 world through cinema, right? Like it, it was an achievement in, in that on its own. And then you have someone like Humphrey Bogart, who's obviously your main main actor, who's you know the the Hollywood gold star of of actors at the time uh mm. in it so you know i i honestly think i think kevin going back to your point about films that are kind of you know hyped up it is what it is it, it it's one of those films that's kind of like i'm going to reference our movie combat here it's like a toy story one in that it, it's it's celebrated for its achievements and and who's in it and and whatnot and but what has it, come it, since and what it has inspired exactly. are better exactly. versions of it exactly yeah, yeah exactly mm. right i like, could certainly a... see that and how much can an 80 year old film really resonate with you you know now in 2020 right like it's almost got time against it i think it's more quintessentially hollywood though 
right? It's like mm. the classic Hollywood film. That and Gone with the Wind. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I know my, my list is quite bland and boring and, you know. No, uh, it's, it's, it's interesting in the sense of like, again, you're looking at films that are films. Like these are things that are studied by filmmakers, right? Yeah. Um, and I think, I think there's, there's definitely still a need for that in, in this list, especially if we want to try and go back and see. Like, again, just seeing like 2001 um, Space Odyssey – and and seeing like the visuals for that, like who knows, maybe Casablanca's got something in it that just would like I'd be like, well, that's made then or cool. Hundo P. All right, Casablanca. Uh, it's also just fun to say Casablanca. Um, all right, number. <laughs> I'm sure that's what they're going for. Number two. Yes, let's uh, go. Let's get embarrassing. I love it. Oh no, it's a film that is on a lot of people's top, like top movies that inspire them and it takes place a lot of people think it's a christmas movie uh but it's not uh or at least that's highly debated because this movie that i've not seen my number two 1988's die hard starring bruce willis i've never watched it again falling into that sort of trope of like well i you know i'm sure i've seen moments of it and i know snape's in it and you know like that's and he's got a weird voice in that too and like I know I've I've seen moments of it, but I've just never actually sat down and, and really watched it, nor any of the Die Hard movies for that. I, I really want to beat up the person that made Alan Rickman do a German accent when they should have just left him <laughs> to do his British accent. But he does a great German accent. And then when he's, no, it was <laughs> wicked. He's a great villain. Oh, no. It's more embarrassing that you don't love his performance, Justin, that, than that Nate hasn't seen it. And oh, then when he's goodness. the English guy, oh, no, oh, no. <laughs> Come out to the coast. Uh, we'll get together, have a few drinks. <laughs> but, guys, should I, should I, like, is this a movie should that I Should you watch the greatest see? action movie of all time? Yes, Nate. Yes, you should. Really? It literally inspired it 200. It's not a Christmas movie. It literally inspired <laughs> it's 200 better to, it's better. action movies since. It's yeah. not. It, okay. it, it might not be a, a Christmas movie, but it definitely takes place at Christmas, and I like watching it at Christmas because it's it's very it has the subtle holiday vibe to it, but it's entirely yeah. not a holiday movie. That's why I like it at Christmas. Without time. without spoilers, is there are there moments? Because uh, Kevin, you said it sort of um, inspired every action movie since. Um, is is are there moments in Die Hard that you could name uh, that? While I'm watching it, you you know I can be like, oh, that's that that does remind me of this or or that sort of thing, or or is there just any specific aspects? That's to it? that that would actually be tough um, to like mm-hmm. pinpoint specific moments, but like you look at Speed in '96 and that's Die Hard on a bus, and you look at you know like they 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 kept trying to emulate this idea of a guy working his way through a skyscraper to stop this bad guy who's doing a bank heist that, you know... Mm-hmm. Um, if you're thinking of something more current, you could, in in a way, connect to... Have you seen the one with The Rock recently? Skyscraper. Uh, which is called Skyscraper. Oh. <laughs> no. Um, but, okay, like, I think, to Kevin's point, it might not necessarily be about, like, specific movies that emulate Die Hard. Um, I think it's the idea that you have your male action star 
who yeah. ha- is obviously challenged by an antagonist who has some sort of threat that is either global or mm-hmm. you know domestic terrorism or terrorism in general and you have this quintessential action hero pretty much this is the movie that started that sort of genre of movies okay. and that that sort of or or pushed it at least to the next decade uh because it, it being that it was at the tail end of the 80s we already had there there were movies that were kind of like that but i don't think there was anything as strong and as focused as Die Hard that takes place so, in one specific day the the writing is so good the yep. performances are like campy but great at the same simple time. story big action simple story big action yeah so you're saying that the rock has uh john mctiernan to thank quite a bit sure for making die hard any or for any die hard. any action director over the Keanu next Reeves. 30 years has yeah. john mctiernan to thank because uh he did a few bangers um in his time um cool. but like and it's crazy like you know the story of die hard how they took this you know um romantic sort of sitcom lead in Bruce Willis and made him like a bad mofo action star. And, you know, Mm. people laughed at the trailer as they're seeing the guy from Moonlighting try to be this tough guy. And then all of a sudden they see the movie and they're like, oh my goodness, he is the coolest dude ever. Yeah, no one believed in that movie. You've seen the movies that made us, right, uh, Kev? Oh, I, I've seen that yeah, episode. Yeah. Oh, uh, yes, yes. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. So in there, they talk about how, how no one believed in Bruce Willis being able to actually carry this. They didn't want to put his face in the poster, right? Mm. But then they did the poster with like the building exploding and the movie did really well. And then they immediately recreated posters with his face in the posters because people really liked his character. Yeah. So, That's why the poster sucks. <laughs> yeah, they added it after. They just redid it. he's just like, it's just like half his face like looking over. Wow, yeah. Okay, but, and like, well, if you, and dude, I'm telling, I'm telling you, the first thirty seconds of this movie, if you don't want to get off of an airplane, <laughs> take your socks off and roll your toes on a carpet, like it's just, like there's okay. it, like that's such a strange reference unless you've seen the film, and right. like it was the first thing I like I always do it now when I get off a plane just because the guy tells him to do that and he's like son <laughs> of a bee, you know, and okay. like, that's such a, you know I could I could mention a hundred things like. Crawling through air ducts and, and yeah. you know, strapping guns to your back and ho, 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 I have a machine gun now. But no, <laughs> go and watch that movie, take a flight somewhere and just roll your toes on the carpet, that, baby. You'll that feel won't so be good. for a while. That won't be for yeah, a while. That's but true. Nate, Nate, you should definitely just don't watch it with the intention of what it might remind you of. When you watch it, just watch it. You'll think of the movies that you've already seen. That okay. are going to connect to that, right? So, cool. uh, and I don't think it's integral. It is such a very focused story. It's enjoyable. It's very entertaining. Um, I would not watch number two because it is god awful. Number two number sucks, three, but then number three is three is amazing. Dope. I even yeah, really, okay. I really, really like number four too. You do? Oh yeah, yeah I, don't I mean, number four. yeah, I, yeah. I love number four. Him and uh, Justin Long. They're Justin such Long, a fun yeah, dynamic. Yeah, Timothy yeah, Oliphant's yeah. a great bad yeah. guy in that one for yeah. sure. Yep. And then yeah, five yeah. sucks. Five, five is five absolute trash. Yeah, yeah, it's trash. Huh. Yeah, cool. Yeah. All right. Well, it looks like I've got a whole series of. Yeah, you've to got watch a new there. franchise, bud. You've there got a couple go. new if franchises. If you start wearing wife beaters, though, we'll not have to stop. <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll Shave see your what head. I can get away with. Go Shave my head. Back. Yeah, just yeah, yeah. I'm Bruce Willis now. Cool. All right. Well, listen, we've made it all the way to our number one most embarrassing movie. Uh, or at least that we think is the most embarrassing, that we have not seen as geeks or fans of film and cinema. 
So, Justin, I'm super stoked to hear it, buddy. What <laughs> is your number one movie that you're embarrassed to say you haven't seen? Um, I think this is another film that is revered as like on people's top list in terms of performance as well as writing um, and directing. Um, this is a film that uh, came out in 1980, um, coincidentally enough, written by Stephen King as well. Uh, who was uh, absolutely appalled at this adaptation uh, because Stanley Kubrick uh, takes out all the empathy in the patriarch of the main character. Uh, And this is, of course, The Shining. I have not seen The Shining. Wow. Um, Even I've seen it. Yeah. And it's a horror flick. Yeah, I know. Um, And and again, that that element, too, kind of played into, I think, why it, it did... Like now I've, I've seen a lot, I've seen a lot more. I've been desensitized more, but I think especially when I was younger, I was, I, I stuck away from horror films because they were just too scary for me. I've now, you know, come to appreciate them. Um, some of them, not all of them. And, um, I think the shining is, is again, one of those, just like how, you know, we were talking about 2001, a space odyssey being so quintessentially, mm-hmm. uh, integral to sci-fi. I think this was quintessentially important for the bridge between horror and thriller. Um, it definitely mm. has, uh, from what I've heard, it has some horror sides to it. Uh, but there's also a thriller suspense, like just the way, uh, things feel to be suspenseful through the film. From what I've, I've heard, it, it is, it is something to be uh, applauded, um, obviously, Jack Nicholson's performance, which is probably a, it, one performance that's made him entirely famous. Uh, you know, people will always think of this role. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a movie that I think, yeah, number one um, that I would say I, yeah, is I'm embarrassed to say I haven't seen. Let me tell you, man, if you've seen the Simpsons spoof on it, you don't need yes. to see the movie. <laughs> <laughs> you've got the Shinnin boy. Don't you mean the, the Shining? Shining? I was going to say. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, just no beer, no do... TV, no beer. Make Homer go something, something, something. something. Yeah, yeah. Go crazy. Yeah. Don't yeah. mind if I do. So essentially, at this point now, I, I could just watch it and know that where the story is actually going to go. So you know, it's even more of a reason why because I've seen that episode numerous times. And but I it, know but it, like I've said, it's one of those movies that is just parodied throughout so much of pop culture that you have almost seen the whole movie. Just not pieced together, together as the movie itself, yeah, right? Itself, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's very true. Like hell, that's the I've... that's the movie that the tornado rips through the drive-in screen in Twister. You know, like it's just everywhere. Yeah. You know, yeah. I've seen the I've seen like the scene with like the cranberry juice down the hallway. Oh, is it cranberry juice? Oh, okay, I think that's what it is, isn't it? <laughs> I think it was um, cranberry jam. Right, that's it because it's very thick and and yeah. Um, but then didn't they do um, with you and didn't they do a sequel? The Shining that yeah, everyone doc- forgot about? Doctor... Doctor Sleep? Yes. Doctor Sleep, yeah. yeah. See, like, for some reason, like, I would want to watch The Shining, but more so... <laughs> this is probably terrible to say because The Shining, I'm sure, is a masterpiece of modern horror, but, but you know... I almost want to watch The Shining just so that I could watch that Ewan McGregor movie. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's kind of the reason why, you know, that's why it's on okay my okay received, yeah. for sure, you know? Um, yeah, that's yeah. why it's on my list. I, I hadn't, like, I... I was interested in that movie. The trailer was very captivating, and to find out that it's so deeply, it's like essentially a sequel to it is uh, yeah, The Shining. Right? Oh, it's one hundred percent. Yeah, it's the little yeah. boy. Yeah, yeah. So to see that oh, that, man. and I can't see it. Uh, you know, it's like ah, damn. You know what I mean? So definitely gonna watch that at some point, and uh, then I'm gonna watch Doctor Sleep. Very cool, um, Kevin. 
The um, time has come, my friend. We're going to all disown you. I'm getting ready. I've got my finger on the unfriend button on Facebook right now. I don't know if you will, but uh, <laughs> I, you poked fun at me, and I, I am now realizing that my list is almost going um, chronologically backwards. So I'm going even older than 1942, <laughs> um, but this is also kind of considered... Of well, it's just kind of considered the movie of all movies, you know. Um, really? It tops a lot of, like, greatest films of all time lists, at least on the more pretentious film side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the uh, the Orwellian classic itself. This is Citizen Kane. Wow. I have never in my life I'll seen Citizen Kane. Um, it's funny, Just, you, uh, you were talking about The Office, um, and so you would have seen the episode where um, Evan Peters plays uh, Michael's nephew. Yes. And uh, I, I, it's one of my favorite quote, like random like side quotes from the whole show. And he's like, uh, yeah, I consider myself a film buff. My two favorite films are Citizen Kane and Boondock Saints. Yeah. And, you know, and you know he's like such a twat that he's saying Citizen Kane just because yes. you have to. Yeah. Like, you almost have to say that you've seen it and liked it yeah. too yeah call yourself a film critic a film lover whatever and it's just always slipped uh slipped right past me never seen it i i don't think like i i think orson wells as a storyteller and what he was doing at that time in cinema was more impactful not just that movie like orson wells himself like i guess citizen kane to 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 people at that time was the epitome of of his work but yeah no i think i think that that's i don't i don't see that as being a complete like I don't know. I just don't think it's like, I, I guess maybe for a lot of film buffs who are like, oh man, like you said, you haven't Again, that, seen Citizen Kane. Th- like, I wouldn't that's, that's that how I took this, right? Because I mean, I, I can't yeah. think of popular movies. That I, I've just seen them all. You know, there have yeah, been yeah. years where I've seen 65 movies in the theaters alone, right? Yeah, like I, I literally just watch everything um, yeah. to the point that it was hard for me to, kind of pick out these classic maybe geek staples or sci-fi action whatever sort of staples that i went for like the films that often top all-time lists which ones haven't i seen and my five were often within that top one to ten so and citizen kane being the ultimate film the film of films you know a lot of ways i think that's where our lists are the same because like definitely these are movies the movies that are on my list um, are all considered, you know, renownedly popular films that, you know, a, a film buff or, you know, someone who's, who is renownedly talks about film and loves movies would have seen to really understand. Right. And I think if history. anything, my list indicates that I'm not a film fan. I am a movie fan. I love me some movies. I don't need your pretentious, boring films. <laughs> I'm looking at this poster and I want a total recast DiCaprio so bad on the front of this poster. The, you guys looking at this uh, this art on IMDb here? I'm going yeah, like, right Just click now. on it, and it's it is freaking. Maybe the actual actor doesn't look like this, but this painting looks like Leonardo DiCaprio. That's on Orson the cover Wells. Of Citizen Orson oh Wells yeah, I can 100 percent see that. Yeah, Orson Welles is the main actor in that film, right? Well, so. then let's let's get that movie. That's actually come out again. That's actually a really good uh, recast, though. Casting. Uh, You're welcome. You're welcome. Leonardo DiCaprio. If anybody was going to play that kind of iconic role, it would <laughs> yeah. be Leo. And he, Man, and he was the fact that he looks the part too, just yeah. you know, only enhances that. Nate, what kind of modern, awesome, 
everybody loves it film are you the most embarrassed to admit you have not seen this is this is just so kevin can 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 harp on you he just he's well, eager yeah <laughs> watch well, his movie listen. be from like 19 1965 right <laughs> my number one is a film that came out and defined sci-fi action for a generation of people in 1984 and it's it's a film that so many movies have taken the concept from and there have been many more since and we've already talked about this director actually at the top of our show James Cameron and this movie that I've not seen stars Arnold Schwarzenegger in Terminator I've never seen Terminator 1 2 3 the only one I've seen is with with Batman <laughs> Oh, uh, Salvation, Salvation, I believe. Yes. Yeah, which I really liked. I really liked that movie. Sam Worthington was never... really great in that movie. Yeah. Yeah. That was the coolest uh, Terminator film, I think. Yeah? Other than two. I picked but... a good one. Uh, yeah. I always find two overrated, and I think the original, it, it, if it suffers from anything, it's the special effects have not aged well. Yeah, mm-hmm. You know, by the time he's the exoskeleton Terminator at the end chasing mm-hmm. down, it's like, it's almost laughable. It's not scary and intimidating as I'm sure it was in 1984, but now you look at these effects and you're like, just kick the tin can over. He's not that scary, you know? Right, it's cheesy. Um, but like Arnold as the term, you know, as the Terminator is, really really just intimidating and badass and you know well i'm um, pretty sure he doesn't did he say anything in the first one because i don't know if he 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 might have a couple quotes he's probably got like five lines in it Uh, but they're all like menacing and badass like iconic action movie lines you know yeah i i don't know i i feel like that's not a very embarrassing movie nate i'm kind of like i don't know man it's so revered by pop culture fans yeah, and it's and such an iconic movie. But I think I think two is more so than than, than one. well. But you can't see two if you haven't seen one. You you could see two if you didn't. So see you one. you could almost make your your number one answer is I haven't seen Terminator or Terminator Two, Judgment Day. That's maybe the best in a lot of people's minds. What do you know of Terminator, Nate? Again, the only one I've seen is the one with with Batman. Terminator okay, Salvation. But what what but I mean of the film, like, do you know anything about? Uh, it's about a guy that he has to go. Uh, back in time to save. And do you think? Do you think? Uh, do you think Arnold Schwarzenegger was cast more because of his physicality than his acting? Um, and do you think it, one do you think billion there was a better, percent? Yeah, one, do you think one there trillion. A, yeah, do you think there was a better actor at that time that would have been better for the role? Nope. Nobody on the planet could have played the Terminator like Arnold did. Yeah. I mean, I I might be a little biased because I think Arnold is absolutely wonderful and has enriched my life as a human having seen his movies. Um, And so I might be on the the high end of that spectrum, but no, man, there's nobody. No wonder you haven't seen Casablanca. (laughs) No, there's. There is no physical human on the planet. Like, this was Mr. Olympia. He was the most ripped, biggest, strongest man on Mm -hmm. the planet at the time. Nobody could have done it. You know, you couldn't have found an actor to do that. And and the role didn't require him to be a good actor. He just needed to look badass, and he did. (laughs) He needed to be a robot. Yep, exactly. (laughs) Cool. All right. Well, listen, um, I guess if Terminator's not... You know, too terribly. We're we're getting a little bit longer in this uh, in this topic of the show. Um, so what I, what I would say is, if we do have some some mentions, um, we're not going to go in depth on all of them. Uh, we'll just spout them out and then go from there. Uh, and then that'll that'll kind of add to our pool of what we can vote for. All right, you guys, um, you guys go first because I I'm, I think I have the most embarrassing list. 
Kevin, let's hear some of your, your honorable mentions and we'll, we'll react to it, but we won't uh, won't go too far into it. No, I, I'll keep this really, really quick and brief here. Um, I think my honorable mentions, I kind of picked movies that are uh, revered for the genre that they're from and they're genres I don't like and that's why I haven't seen them. Um, and so um, another old classic epic you know it's kind of like it invented the sweeping epic uh would be lawrence of arabia uh i i am i think guillermo del toro is so overrated for what i look for in a movie and so i have never seen pan's labyrinth okay that, yes. that's that's horrible. <laughs> so maybe that should have been on my list um in terms of like you know another oldie classic uh musicals i'm not a fan of and maybe one of the most famous musicals of all time. I've never seen Singing in the Rain. Um, eh, and then okay. <laughs> uh, uh, I picked Old Boy. Um, it's just uh, not a genre or style of film or anything that uh, does anything for me. Really? <laughs> it's Ford film. It's a Ford yes, film. Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you ain't from this continent, ah. I'm not watching your movie. No. Maybe, but uh, I thought Parasite would have changed your mind. I'm Maybe still not going to go watch, watch Old Boy because I know it's like violent. Justin, what are your honorable mentions? Well, one we already meant, I already mentioned, which was mm-hmm. uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey. Uh, mm-hmm. That was very close to being number one. It was between that and The Shining. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the, another one that I haven't seen, which, uh, is, is known for its performance and its story is Dead Poet Society from 1989. Oh. Uh, Robin Williams, uh, I think yes. second Oscar nomination, uh, also featured Ethan Hawke. Um, apparently is, it is absolutely amazing. This one here is on my honorable mention, um, I think this one might be getting some wows, but uh, The Usual Suspects from 1995. Uh, this is a revered as a very, uh, just a different way of telling a story. Um, I, I, as I think it's it's told backwards or, or in some sort of vein like that. Um, there's yeah, a, there's a, that. a central mystery to it. And, you know, there's mm-hmm. like a big reveal at the end. Based on the cast, you know, uh, Benicio Del Toro, I love. And even though society doesn't love Kevin Spacey anymore, I still think that he was a, a decent actor. Um, so I'll, actor. I definitely want to check that out uh, and see what it's all about. So that that that's my honorable mention. All right. Strap in, boys. Oh, Get no. ready. I'm just going to fire him off. I've not seen any Jaws movie. Um, I've never seen The Kill Bills. Wow. Um, wow. I've never seen Pulp Fiction. I've wow. never seen I've never seen Rocky. <laughs> any <laughs> of those. Enough. I've never seen the original Tron. I've never seen The Breakfast Club. Um, I've never seen Batman Returns. I've never seen RoboCop. I've never seen Catch Me If You Can. Wow. Uh, yeah, oh. I know. And I love the music oh, from it. That's the one of your whole list. Movie. You have to go watch that one. It's in my top five favorite movies of all time. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Maybe we'll, we'll we'll look into that one for sure. I've got. Uh, I've never seen. Uh, really quickly, I've never seen Clerks. Um, I've never seen Reservoir Dogs, Groundhog Day, Office Space, or Eight Mile. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think Wait, that list so is You've a lot never longer. seen the origin of Mom Spaghetti? You're crazy. Dude, I, I know the line. I mean, if that song is the same as the movie, then I've already seen the movie. My knees are weak um, and my palms are sweaty just thinking about this, man. <laughs> wow. uh, that would definitely be one I'd want to watch. But, um, guys, let's put a vote in. Um, it, well, what do you guys I, would, think? I would vote to say none of my movies we need to rush out and see. These are, I've you know, if I haven't seen these eighty-year-old movies yet, do I really need to rush out and see any of them? Well, so I, I, I'd rather I pick say... some from your lists versus mine. Mm-hmm. 
2001 a space odyssey let's do I that do, one let's do yeah, that I one think it's, none it's of us have three. seen it and it and yeah. it's and it's probably inspired so much of the films For we sure. love so yeah, yeah i'll do that one if i'm gonna vote from my list mm-hmm. i will leave it up to you guys to decide between catch me if you can and oceans 11 i'd watch both of those yeah i would do either of those in, in a heartbeat yeah cool why don't we do let's do oceans then awesome yes good choice Cool. You couldn't have made right. a wrong answer there. Um, and just maybe, do you want to do Shawshank? All right, let's do Shawshank because I've I think that's like it's okay. either that or Schindler's List. Well, no, Schindler's List is long, isn't it? And, and heavy, yeah, and heavy. Yeah, yeah. Okay, heavy. okay. Um, so I think you know what? Let's let's do it, guys. Let's do a triple watch club next week you know there's no better time than than right now while everyone's in their house to catch up on some of these these classic movies that uh, you know at least one of us haven't seen uh and then we're going to talk about all three of them for our topic of the show next week which kevin i think you're actually going to be hosting uh so that's gonna be a lot of fun looking forward to it so guys make sure that if you're going to join us for next week's topic of the show that you watch shawshank redemption oceans 11 and 2001's A Space Odyssey. Did I say that right? 2001's A Space Odyssey? I think it's just 2001. 2001. It doesn't be- A Space Odyssey. Odyssey doesn't belong to 2001. <laughs> <laughs> but guys, check that out, and then we're going to report back in our topic of the show next week. Guys, that is it for this This. I, I thought it was going to be a much shorter episode. Before we wrap, guys, um, really quickly, I just want us to go through, mention uh, what are you guys working on? Uh, plug away. What do you, what do you guys what do you guys have happening on the YouTubes and such? Well, we we just posted today actually celebrating the tenth anniversary of the Lost finale uh, video, which was which is such a fun project for us to do because we all did it separated from one another. Yeah, shot. it was it was it was such a neat project in in so many ways, right? Like I yeah. I got the idea to do it because um, as I've mentioned over the last few weeks, um, for the last three weeks I did a podcast with a good friend of mine where we looked back at the the entire series of Lost, and so I do want to just give a quick one last shout out for the channel. Um, uh, that's it's uh, the Up Next podcast. Uh, they generally focus on wrestling and wrestling related uh, issues, but they also um, on their Patreon account. Uh, do two or three uh, other podcasts a week where they look at movies and 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 TV shows and that sort of thing. Uh, and cool. so this was a part of that series. And so uh, definitely go check out uh, Up Next Podcast. So that's UPNXT. Um, they can be reached at upnxt.podbean.com and patreon.com slash upnxt. Uh, so that's Dave and Brayden. Uh, they do a really fun job and uh, I had an absolute blast revisiting a show that I loved and then hated and then loved again, um, <laughs> j- you know, as I say on my Facebook post. Uh, I'm absolutely enamored and obsessed with Lost again. It's crazy. It's like I'm 25 again. This is a... It, it was like... <laughs> It's like I'm in the flashbacks now, you know, to to previous Kevin and and reliving that. So that was a lot of fun. And I think it inspired a really awesome video. And again, like you said, just to collaborate from our separate little bunkers here was was so much fun. And and it turned out great. And yeah, yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun to put together. And I think like, you know, I think Kevin said this, this is like a true geek centric video right now. Like I, I would say the videos that we're putting out aren't necessarily they're they're still with quality that geek centric's about but it, it's not necessarily like playing with the parodies as as much as we we can because we do it so collaboratively this this 
project actually worked where it made sense. It actually worked really well for us to do yeah. it. But we're still, you know, we're still going to be plugging out some some content. We got some more show and tells. We got this idea, you know, quick looks at, at pieces mm-hmm. in our collection, uh, basically jumping in the archives, if you will, uh, to take a look at what we got. Um, so definitely we got some more of those planned in the coming weeks. And I think we might have one more episode of Kev at Home to, to share with uh, our YouTube fam. You know, we just we have some different stuff. It's not it's not necessarily we what we're known for mm-hmm. or defined us, but it's now we're, we're just able to have a little more fun and sharing cool. a little bit more of us. So. If I'm to leave a plug here, um, listen, I've been having a lot of fun streaming uh, games and, and playing video games on my Twitch channel, uh, Nate Plays Games. Um, we've we've had a lot of fun redesigning my house with our guest Megan Clara from MeganClara.Draws on Instagram. And, uh, and so we've been doing that in Animal Crossing on Thursdays. Um, but guys, we're going to switch it up a little bit. So Tuesday, um, we're still going through The Last of Us uh, Part 1 uh, to get ready for Last of Us Part 2. Um, and so we're making some great progress on that. Please come keep me company because that game gets really spooky. Um, but also, um, on Thursday, because Megan is not available to continue with my house redesign, we're going to be switching it up and we're going to be playing a relatively new game just came out a couple days ago called Man Eater, uh, which if you're a fan of sharks, uh, this game is for you. You get to basically be a shark and terrorize people. You are the shark from Jaws, essentially. Um, and you get to go around and, and, and take out people and you're hunted by these guys that are, you know, in the bayous and stuff like that. So it's going to be a lot of fun. That sounds um, dope. Uh, it's really cool. It's on Xbox. It's on PS4. So check that out. That's going to be uh, Thursday night at 8 p.m. Uh, again, at Nate plays games twitch.tv slash nate plays games but guys that's it for us here at geek centric uh we can never show our faces again after this episode uh we hope we hope I, you I think enjoyed you guys can i don't know if i can <laughs> maybe not in some of your circles justin yeah uh, we hope you enjoyed this week's episode and if you did make sure to subscribe to us wherever you like to listen to podcasts we are geek centric and you can be too which means you can also check us out on youtube at youtube.com slash geek centric go get that go give that lost video some love follow us on twitter at GeekcentricYT and follow us on Instagram at WeAreGeekcentric. Justin, Kevin, thank you so much for joining me for today's embarrassingly disappointing episode. And as we say, love ya. Stay home safe, guys. Peace. <laughs>